0: It's so bad, I love going, darling, she must play, she belongs shoot the defense, ah. Uh... Defense, shoot the defense, shoot the defense, shoot the defense, shoot the defense, shoot. Shoot the defense is rated right 18.
1: So if you are easily offended, then fuck off.
0: Why do you cunt
2: hang up on me? A better win percentage than Ferguson or Ferguson, but, um... Uh, I've i Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not trying to talk again. He's from Australia. He's, uh... Yeah, has been tell by the actor. Not
3: usually, but... You know, don't, don't say that to him. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> we fuck cows, ass, that
2: Can you imagine? a <nephew. laughs> came in, took one look at him and said, Nah, mate, nah. see you later. You're not playing for us." game.
1: <laughs> Chelsea must have either have a really thick, golf-living coach, because because we are anything.
3: It she it she's a good, she's an all-rounder. She can play in anything. She washes the kits
4: at the weekend as
0: well. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking? I'll take that whistle and fucking jam it out of your ass. I have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Malcolm X, Mr. Malcolm X, Mr. Malcolm
3: X. Ah, welcome to oh, Shoot yeah. the defence. Ten years. Ten-year wow. anniversary show. who the have thunk it? that we'd have started this 10 years ago and we'd still be doing this fucking stupid show. I'm still here, Johnny's here, Mike's here, Christian's here, Andy's here, and Steve Ayer, the only sane
4: one, is here. Gentlemen, fuck me sideways. What the hell is going on? Well, first of all, still, congratulations on keeping it going for 10 years, mate.
3: Thank you very much. That's the longest I've lasted. It's the longest I've lasted with anything. <laughs> How is everyone? Let's start with Steve because, um, I, I, you know, when Steve jumped on the show a couple of years ago, he didn't know anything about us, what we used to do, all the shenanigans we got up to. Um, as you heard that last bit at the end, Andy thought that, um, uh, Martin Luther King was uh, was Malcolm X. I knew, it. I fucking knew. It. <laughs> um, we, we did a lot of stupidness, didn't we, John? Um, just a little stuff, bit, yeah Stuff that these days you, you, we'd probably get arrested for in all fairness yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm glad a lot of this stuff is uh, not on air anymore Let's put it out.
3: <laughs> It's no longer on iTunes, it's in the archive, it, it's somewhere <laughs>
0: How
3: are you doing Steve, you good mate?
5: I'm good and if I could still at this, uh, this juncture just just say to you that uh, when I first joined you on the first show I think I'd just come out of, of being first team coach at Fleetwood um, I don't presume that anybody knows me at all but anybody who does, you know, would suggest that I've got my Manchester City background of 21 years and maybe don't know the rest. Uh, but I've just come out of fleet with an time out of work. You don't know what's next. You're actually not sure if anything's next at all. Um, and sometimes you find yourself a little bit low, um, not in love with the game. And you don't know, you know, what's going to happen with your future. But yourself and Rodri Giggs uh, invited me on the show. We stayed um through. I, you kept inviting me. I don't know why, but I appreciate it uh, for each week, obviously for up to about two years. And I have to say that that kept me in love with football. It kept me connected with uh, modern day great guys like yourself and your guests. And um, now I'm back in football at Doncaster as assistant manager. I look back on the two years that it was actually just a rest more than anything, Um not being in the game. But you and Rod, really helped me to feel part of it and stay connected. And I will always be, uh, always be grateful for that. So thank you, and well done for the ten years, mate.
3: Ah, oh, cheers, mate. And um, you know, you've helped uh, push us through. There've been occasions where I've said to myself, "Is it really worth doing this anymore?" But um, speaking to you, Rod, people like Mike, obviously Christian, everyone that listens, and it's like, you know what, it, it is worth doing it because you're creating memories. And I think that's what this journey has been. It's been a fantastic memory from day dot. You know, listening to the previous episodes like the other day, the the stupidness that we were saying, that the laughs that we had, and the the way that things have have happened in the past five or six years, it's been it's been a great journey. And I couldn't have done it without everyone, everyone here, and even people that aren't aren't even on yet. I'm hoping there's be going to be more people on. Unfortunately, Rodri has got COVID. He's got it pretty bad, in all fairness. So um, that's why he's not able to come on. But um, Again, thank you to you and um, thank you to the boys as well, man. Fucking hell, Johnny! We started this together ten years ago, man. Um, I, I seem to remember. Huh? it was always your baby, still. But it was just a pleasure to do it
0: with you, man. I've got
3: to say, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, but the thing is, you you were kind of like the catalyst at the beginning because I, I seem to remember it was after Euro twenty twelve. We were talking about Italy getting absolutely smashed by Spain, who didn't have a striker. Yeah. And we we're yeah. just like fuck it, let's just let's just start talking football. And we, we we just got a phone out, recorded it, stuck it on YouTube, got like five views, and then it kind of spiraled out of control. Like two, three years later, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a mad one. It's a nuts, all, fucking mad one. All the games
0: we used to play, all the uh, the the guess who's and the, the sticker swap games, and yeah, yeah the sticker swap, swap game was was we special. That was. I oh, gotta say, special. it was hard keeping up with Mike some, sometimes. His body was just superb, but <laughs> otherwise, it was pretty fun.
3: Dang <laughs> it, what, what, it, about it, was hard keeping up with him, was it? Because you just kept interrupting him that it was difficult? Well, that's true
0: that
2: as well. <laughs> <laughs> i just press mute. Huh? I told you to press mute.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Pierre,
3: been a long yes. 10 years for you as well, mate. Uh, still teaching but you've got your ormonia team which got grassroots of the year grassroots team of the year um you've done a lot of work with Wayne Barton uh, fucking hell you you've done a bit of a bit of work yourself haven't you in the media industry? Zico well,
2: well yeah I mean you know what shooter defense gave gave me the opportunity to reach out um, to these authors and um you know get some books, read some books and then talk to these authors and off the back of it, you know me and Wayne for example become really good friends. And that's been that's been amazing. But you know, I always read books, always read lots of football books. But Shooter Defence gave me the opportunity to read it, take it in, analyse it, talk to the authors. And then, you know, we, we published it as podcast, and, and it's, it's, it's been fantastic. So, you know, thank you to you and Shoot the Defence for that.
3: Really? Sorry, just most I've got to say, if really
0: enjoyed your, your bit with Gareth Sarkis, well, that was really good to watch. I've got to say, congrats on that.
2: Oh yeah,
0: thank
3: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mate Gareth. Yeah, Polari. Yo, this you're like an like an enigma, mate. You know why? You, well, you know, this is the first time we've had you on for a long time. I guess that's my fault as well, man. But um, you got your married I was actually kids on a show
4: during COVID. I think wasn't I?
3: Yeah, you were. You were. Yeah, you were indeed.
4: You're indeed. But I didn't see your pretty face then. Well. You know, you're la- only lucky people get to see my face. How <laughs> <laughs> have you been anyway, right?
3: Everything good? I've
4: been all right, mate. Just grafting. Got my kids. My love for Arsenal's always growing.
3: Still there. It, Still mate. there. Lovely.
4: Still a loon. And... Love
3: it. <laughs> and Andy, do you know what? When we, when we started doing shoot at the defence, yeah, I remember when you first came on, Liverpool was so close know, to winning the mate, title with Brendan. Just wait See so you
1: Christian, mute you twat! I've
3: done it. I've done it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. I oh, don't worry. I've done it. I've done it. So, <laughs> Ade, with you, right? When you joined us, right? Liverpool was so close to winning the title. You had Brendan Rodgers as head coach. Um, City pipped you to the title. Did you ever think Liverpool would win the league <laughs> in your lifetime?
1: <laughs> Bill, I actually, I actually come before that. I, I actually was it. Yeah, in, in Roy Hodgson's last year when oh, I was yes. I was crying I all the time you. okay. on your show, mate. You know what I mean? And then Kenny took over. Um and I think uh Brendan coming that 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 next summer. But um oh, mate, you know what? I've loved I've loved every time I've come on this show with you guys. Um obviously met Steve, you know, on the show I think about a year ago, a year and a half ago as well, with with Rodri. You know, had some fun shows with John when you were away. When I had to host with John, um, trying to get set up—that was a fucking mission. <laughs> um, I remember it, trying to do the editing when I'm hearing all this
3: shit in the background. What the fuck is going on? Yeah,
0: yeah. They,
1: we've we've had some we've had some cameos. I'm I'm more like one of these dudes now, like a testimonial. You know, the ones that come on do a cameo. Do you know what I mean? Like one of these old school players that come on the show. And uh, I love it though, and um, thanks for always giving us the opportunity to, to come on and talk football, vent if we need to vent, uh, praise when we need to praise, um, so thanks a lot, and again, I just echo what everyone else says, man, congratulations on, on the 10 years of Shoot the Defence, and hopefully 10 more to come, man. Well, do you know what? Next season,
3: we're just going to go full deep, and we will do more and more shows and get you, you guys on more often, get everyone else on as well. Because I think we just need to take it back to the roots, you know, have more fun with it. We went through a bit of a PG era in the hope that we would get somewhere in terms of <laughs> a, a mainstream aspect, but that was never going to fucking happen. Not with the language I use anyway. You know how difficult it was getting <laughs> two years without swearing on this fucking podcast? Yeah, it was tough, darn. man. It was tough. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, look, I'll tell you what. We're, we're going to do something that we haven't done in a, in a long time, and it's something which new listeners will, well, won't will be familiar with, but older listeners will, something called bite back. So we think of one subject, we discuss it, and we just see where it goes. But I'm going to make this one pretty simple. We've This is obviously our 10th anniversary show. What has been your favourite football moment in the last 10 years? This should be pretty easy for Andy and Steve anyway, I think, anyway. Being, <laughs> one being Liverpool, one being City. But, um... Yeah, I'll tell you what, let's start with John. Let's start with John. I know he's going to say Wenger leaving, isn't he, John? (laughs) Because Edie's leaving. Sorry, my bad.
0: (laughs) Not not necessarily Wenger leaving. Actually, actually this is going to shock a few people. So, I'd say last season, Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal in the FA Cup, uh, went to the game, went to Forest. First time ever I have bought a half-and-half scarf because... Because, with good reason, I was a Forest fan when I was a kid as well as Arsenal. I used to go and watch Forest as a kid with my dad back in the day. And every time Forest would come to Arsenal, I've always tried to pick up tickets. But going back to uh, the city grounds to watch Forest and go to Arsenal, and even though we lost, it was kind of bittersweet. So that, for me, is probably one of them. It was, it was sad, but it was happy at the same time. And then to see them get promoted as well. And to see uh, the kind of squad that they're putting together, yeah, it looks like uh, there's a good, good thing coming uh, for Forest. Um, other than that, I think Unai Emery leaving rather than Wenger and Arteta coming in because I fully believe in Arteta, fully. So that's that's my uh, my 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 glory moments for the last few years.
3: All right. Polari, another Arsenal fan, do you echo what John said or do
4: you have more to add? No, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Wenger leaving is a sad day, regardless of what we were going through. Emre leaving was an absolutely phenomenal day. And I'm definitely behind Mr Arteta. But the best thing for the last 10 years, I'd have to say, is probably winning the FA Cup against Chelsea. As an Arsenal fan, that's what we've won, really. Well, we won the other one, which was due to... Uh, we weren't there because of COVID. But that Ramsey goal, the euphoria of that, after they just equalised, was brilliant. So, I'll have to go with that. All about trophies. OK, OK. okay. Mike, Uh <laughs> I don't know what...
3: I t- when it comes to United, what, what can we say? The last 10 years... <laughs> He's muted himself. Great.
1: <laughs> You've
3: muted yourself. I, I, I can't lip read. I can't lip read. You've muted yourself. I,
1: I've,
3: been, I've been doing this show for 10 years. I've never been able to lip read. Apologies, I mean, I can try sign language.
2: Apologies. I should know, having you know, having done lessons over COVID, that are using these bloody things. But anyway, uh, favourite moment? Well, I did score at Old Trafford, which was pretty amazing.
4: <laughs> I saw that.
2: <laughs> and my grassroots football club, Omonia Youth, was named National Club of the Year. But I'm going to answer your question in a slightly different way. Um, it is my favourite football moment, purely because for me, in the last ten years, it's also the most important football moment. And it's how fan engagement, how um, a galvanising force among football supporters, football stakeholders, defeated that that evil Super League, the arrogance of these super clubs. It was all about greed. They took us as fans for granted. What we felt about football and had it been allowed to happen would have sounded probably the death knell for football as we know it. So for that reason, it is my favourite football moment because it brought fans together, much like shoot the defence has brought us together. So and with a common goal to defeat this monster. So that's my favourite moment.
3: You're good at public speaking now. You're good at it. (laughs) You've had the practice. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. I ask a question quickly,
4: going, going on that? Go on, do you guys shoot. think that the Super League will happen?
0: Eventually, yes.
4: I think so as well.
2: I think if the fans don't want it, it won't
4: happen. I don't know what the form I think it will be, but something will happen. I do think it's
3: coming. If the TV companies can uh, organise something, then it will happen. Then again... I think the whole point of it was for that football clubs uh, would be able to stream their own games on their own channels and the games will be played throughout the world. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. It's going to take I thought, Go um,
0: on, I thought Mike was going to say uh, not having to pay up his bet to me for the KFC bucket because uh, Jose and uh, Ronaldo didn't join United that year, although they eventually did one after the other.
2: But they eventually did join, so I was right.
0: So did you eventually, get your bucket? It didn't quite did work out. Didn't it? <laughs> so who got the bucket? Well reeven I
1: got it. didn't he?
0: Yeah, I you have got too many buckets. Jesus. Jesus.
1: <laughs> Jesus. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Shuts like, John, have you won a few uh, have you won have you won a few bets then, John? With buckets? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh,
3: I see that shining light above your head, Mike. Yeah, I think John's gonna kill you and send you to heaven, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike, you you know.
3: Halo? <laughs> Steve. Let, 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 make it a bit more tasteful for us, please, mate. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, well, As a Manchester City supporter, it would obviously be the Aguero moment. Uh, moment. There's been a couple of Vincent company iconic moments with goals. Um, there's been an era of large success, a lot of it at Wembley Stadium, coming short in the Champions League. More recently, we've obviously got the 2-0 down to Aston Villa to come very late and very quickly towards the end of the game to, to win the Premier League this year, so that would be topical, but um, I'm going to suggest that a, a personal moment for me that gives me um, thrill and gives me pride is the fact that uh, I'm fortunate enough now, as I'm getting older, I turn 50 this year, but before I left Manchester City in 2012, I did confidently say of a very young schoolboy that I think I am currently coaching a player that could be one of the best in the world one day, and obviously that's quite outlandish, to speak about a 10, 11 year old boy at the time, but I think now I think it's the emergence uh, that we're seeing on a weekly basis for club and country with Phil Foden. I'm going to suggest that that has been my highlight, so obviously that just drifts into my own career, but I'd rather not talk about it to be me, I'd rather talk about it to be the boy for what he's turned out to be uh, a parent, an international, uh, a serial trophy winner and on course for being, I believe one the you know the, the best player in the world one day. I do believe already he is one of the best young players in the world. So I do believe he's on track. And the fact that I had a helping hand with some fantastic colleagues at Manchester City in the academy in terms of staff and all the teammates that he played with should get a mention too. It really does feel like a privilege every time I watch him play for Manchester City, and I'm, uh, I feel I feel honoured that that I, that I coached him. I really do.
3: I think also it's a testament to your coaching skills and and you as a person, mate, when you had Kieran Trippier on the FaceTime after winning uh, La Liga with uh, Atletico Madrid, thanking you for
5: your support and your help and your tutelage. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I I mean, I went longer longer distance with Kieran, like 10 years, uh, coach and and, and player. So we're very close, obviously, now he's he's an adult too. So it's a special bond, uh, that one, whereas Phil was very young. Uh, but Kieran, yeah, I, I spoke to him last night on message. Um, he's been he's been amazing, but he is a credit to himself and his family. The way he's always been like that, and 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 that was a touch of class. And I speak to Chris Powell, who, who, who he can't believe what just a fantastic lad he is in the England setup. And so it's not just a special bond with me. I, I do believe he has a connection with his coaches. You see how he is with Gareth Southgate. You see how he talks about Simeone. I think it's credit to the lad. Um, I certainly don't put my coaching so-called skills to it. These lads have made it largely on their own. But to, to play any type of part of it is, 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 is an honour. And Andy,
3: I think the list
5: is quite long, isn't
3: it?
1: With you the last 10 years? Where do we begin? Jesus. Ah. Um, listen, obviously, winning, winning the Premier League is going to be the biggest, you know, The nicest thing I've seen in 10 years because I've been listening to you bastards for the last 20 odd years talking about it. So it was nice for me to watch my team finally lift the league. Although, you know, I've seen a Champions League as well, which has been brilliant. Um, You know, in terms of Liverpool, just having someone like Jürgen Klopp as our manager is just a a blessing for us. I I think he's one of the best, if not the best in the world. Um, with what he's done at Liverpool so yeah that that's been a that's been a, a, a brilliant sort of five six seasons of being a Liverpool fan from a personal level you know obviously um, I think when I first come on the show I just I think Lena was born so my three children watching him grown up um into Larry little teenagers now um, but I love it. And obviously, um, watching my son develop as a football player, you know from the age of four or five years old to he's 14 now, um, doing really well, getting better and better and I just loved, I just love going on this journey with him you know as a dad, watching his son and Mike, Mike will tell you the same with his boys watching watching your boys you know become little kids to you know develop football. There's obviously still much more to develop with him because he's only he's still young. But that's just—it's uh, been a pleasure for me, man. So yeah, that's my—that's my—my uh, my moments in these ten years.
3: Wonderful. See, just gets you all nostalgic, doesn't it? Making you remember <laughs> all of these uh, these fantastic moments and everything. But
0: um, what about
3: you? Yeah, still? but uh, do you know, to be honest, um, th- there's there's too many to think of. Um, you know, I remember we started doing this in 2012. Two years later, I became a dad. Um, you know, fortunately, fortunately, my daughter doesn't really follow Man United too much because I don't want her to go through with this, man. I can't, I can't can't, you know, it's like tormenting her, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Terrorising her. You know, it really is. You know, I remember when she was born, we had a Man United baby grow, put that on her, she was fine. You know, I used to sing 20 times Man United to get her to sleep. That that was enough to put her to sleep. Um, you know, I, I remember taking her to uh we went to Manchester a few years ago. And uh, we drove past Old Trafford, and it was like I used to go here every other week with so and so, with you know Mike and Pat and Jan and all these other people. And she goes, "Why don't you go anymore?" And I says, "Because I don't, I don't feel it anymore. When you become a parent, it's almost as if your love for your football team kind of diminishes a little bit. Not saying it goes, but your priorities change. You know, your kids are your priorities. And um, yeah, you know, to be fair, my daughter's more of an pneumonia fan now." And I think that's probably because of the relationship that I and friends have with the club. Um, you know, she the players know who she is. We go to Cyprus. Whenever we meet up with players, are we asking about her or messaging me about her? Um, it's, it's It's been an incredible journey for her the past few years. Helps her with the language as well. Um but a lot has happened in the last ten years, boys. You know, a lot has happened, and I can't, as I said, I can't pinpoint one specific moment. I could say, you know, having my name put in Wayne Barton's book, you know, in the acknowledgments with Mike. You know, that that's massive for someone that wanted to be a, a journalist as a kid. And even though I didn't become one, I've got my UF accreditation, all that great. Um, but to be mentioned in someone's book is brilliant. Um, the most, uh, I don't know, emotional moment for me was probably getting the UEFA accreditation to, to cover the Real Madrid-Juventus Champions League final game in Cardiff. And, um, you know, that was the last... When I went to, in fact, pro- the last time I went to Cardiff was with my cousin who passed away uh, through cancer. And it's weird how, you know, one minute I'm in, I'm in Cardiff with her and then a few years later she passes away. And then the first game I get to cover as an accredited journalist was in Cardiff. You know, it's just weird how the world works. Um, I never thought that one day I'd be working with Carlos Dunga, doing a collaboration with him. I never thought that one day I'd be on TalkSport or doing stuff for the BBC or NBC. Or it's, it's fucking weird how 10 years can change your life and how 10 years you can achieve so much. Um, and again, this isn't like me bragging or anything. It's just the way that things have panned out and it's been an incredible journey. And if I could do it all again, I would. And if would I change anything? Fuck no. Because you've, you evolve, you develop as a person, your, your attitude changes, you see a different outlook. Um, and who'd have thunk it? Who'd have, who'd have thought that one day we'd be talking about England winning a, a major tournament?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Sorry, man. <laughs> We're all foreign here, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey. I couldn't have done it without everyone. Honestly, I couldn't have done it without everyone. Because, you know, you lot have all done your bit. You might, be, you might think you haven't done a lot, but you, done, you lot have done loads. Everyone, everyone. It's just, I'm going to start crying in a minute. But um, let's talk football. Fuck it, let's talk football. Let's talk the new season. Um, let's go back to you, Andy, man. Um, you narrowly missed out on the title. You've made some interesting signings. Darwin Nunez has come in. Uh, you signed the lad from Fulham. Who else have Liverpool brought in this summer?
1: Uh, Cal- young, the young Scottish fullback from Aberdeen, Calvin Ramsey. Yep. Yeah, and that's, that's three it. signings you made. Yeah, and and Sadio Mane is gone, and and Sadio's gone, which very I was very very sad to see him go because he's he's been a part of. Well, he's the first man really that that Jurgen brought in along with J- Edvini Wijnaldum to start this journey. Um, but as you guys. No, especially with, with Man United when, when Ferguson was in charge, it's all about evolving and transitioning the football team. And that's what Klopp's doing now. You know, we, we had the front three, the famous front three of Salah, Mane, Firmino. And now we've got Diaz, Jota, Nunes. Obviously, Salah stayed, which, is, which has been a big, big thing for us. I think if we'd lost uh, Mo as well as Sadio, that would have been a, a, a big hole left in that team, but I think we've we've kept our killer, our our best player in, in Mo Salah. Um, and the and the other lads, the young lads are gonna grow and Jurgen's gonna obviously hopefully turn them into superstars as well. You know, Diaz is twenty-four, Jota's twenty-four, Nunes is twenty-three, this young lad from from Fulham that we've bought. Um I mean I, I remember watching him through through Academy games the last two or three years. He's actually come from Benfica as well. He, he was, he was um, from 12, 11 years old. He was at the Benfica Academy when his parents came over to to England. So he's got a good pedigree where he's come from. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited against them. You know, it's going to be, I, I, me personally, I think obviously the teams like United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs have, have, have got, you know, are going to get better. You know, United with a new manager, Arsenal with their signings, Tottenham with Conte and their signings, Chelsea. Chelsea are the ones I'm a little bit, I'm not, fe- I'm not feeling them at the moment. But you know, they could, they could, well, be a good team again. But I think it's between City and, and Liverpool again for that for that title. Um, I think they're the strongest two sides in there. So I'm excited again for for the, for the new season. It was lovely to watch us. Finally, win a charity shield. We haven't won. I think we lost four in a row. So it was nice for us to to turn City over on on the weekend. Um, nice for Darwin Nunes to score as well. He's been getting. I don't understand why Nunes was getting stick for forty minutes of football because he missed the chance against Man United. But Andy, that social media—that's yeah. how Twitter has evolved. Yeah, Do you know it's what
3: I'm saying. Fra- it's, like it's in, crazy. in ten years, mate, it's mad. With Twitter, you can. Get blocked for putting up a ten-second clip of a Premier League game, yeah. but there's all sorts of fucking nonsense talking about doing all sorts of
1: stuff to kids, and they stay on. It don't make yeah. no sense. It's crazy. Like, like even with Steve will tell you, even like with with Harland on on the weekend, you know, he missed he missed a couple of of sitters, and all of a sudden he's going to be a flop. You know, it's just it's just pathetic, man. You know, Dar- Darwin Nunes. I was at Anfield last year still when uh, Liverpool played Benfica. And not many strikers rip us a new arsehole. And he did. He actually scored six goals at Anfield. Four were offside. But they were all offside with VAR. So he didn't know about them. They were all good finishes. And then, obviously, VAR ruled them out. I've never seen a striker, um, you know, terrorise us so much. So he's a young kid. And he's going to take time. And people are going to be comparing him to Sadio Mane. He's not... He's not a Sadio Mane yet, you know, and he's a completely different player to, to Sadio Mane.
3: Um, it reminds me a lot of Falcao, man. When Falcao yeah, was younger. he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of Cavani.
1: He's got a bit of Cavani mm. in him as well. His movements. I mean, the goal he scored on on Saturday. Um, you know, there's a lot of Liverpool fans commenting on on Twitter. It was it was Cavani esque movement in the box, like he was he was he was sort of floating around the edge of the area. Salah's put put a ball into the into the back post. And then he's ghosted in behind, you know, Diaz, who's not an easy player to to, to sort of evade. And I think that's the first diving header I've seen since Robbie Fowler. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's nice to have a it's nice to have an out and out striker in the team. But as you know, still, you know, there's going to be a few games where he looks, you know, he doesn't look like a Savio Mane, and he's just going to get judged, like like every player does. But like you said, his social media. Um, I'm just, just, I just, i just a believer that it's going to be a, a Man City-Liverpool title race again. I, I'm not sure if anyone's going to join the party this year, but we'll see, man. I'm looking forward to it again. Nice. And Polari, I don't know how long you've got, mate, so I'm going to
3: ask you this question next, just in case you need to, to uh, <coughs> dip out. But I'm looking at this Thank Arsenal you. squad at the moment, mate, and I'll tell you what, I actually like the look of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm very impressed with the... The signings, I know last summer a lot of people were having a go at Arteta, especially after the the opening game against Brentford, and they were saying, oh, trust the process, all that kind of bullshit. But when you look at the squad and the players that he's brought in, especially this summer, I think you could be a bit of a handful this season.
4: I think so as well. Basically, look, we've got a young team. He's ripped apart the rubbish that was left, that he inherited. He played a certain brand of football and we actually won the FA Cup doing that. But now it's his team and they're, all, they're young, they're hungry. This might sound like a really silly comment, but I think missing out on fourth last year might work in their favour because they felt a bit of hurt. And I think if they, turn, if they can learn to deal with that and use it as a fuel to make them better than happy days, because we're not going to win the Champions League, let's be honest. Um, but I'm really excited. There's a lot of fan game week in week out. I'm absolutely buzzing. Friday night can't come quick enough. We've finally got a striker that can run. Um, we've got young players that are inverted wingers coming in, and it's just it's exciting to be a gooner. The biggest the biggest thing for us is keeping Thomas Party fit, and hopefully, you know, if he's in a Keeping him out of jail or whatever. I saw him. I saw him walking
3: down Barnet today with uh, with this <laughs> Eastern European minder. Honestly,
4: <laughs> well, he's an integral he's part of the Barnett. team, yeah. man. So he's huge. I mean, uh, Saliba coming in is a huge thing for us. We've got a defender now. He's got a bit of presence about him. He looks like he can pass the ball as well. He's strong. Um, and I'm behind Arteta, man. I fully believe in what he's doing or what he's trying to do. And I think. If I'm going to put it out there right now, you can play this clip back. We're going to finish third this year. And um, the one thing we do need to do, though, is to bring that Europa League home, man, because we have to have to win that Europa League as a football club. We need it desperately.
1: Christian. So you, you... gone? Sorry, Axtell. Christian, did you see that clip yesterday from um, All or Nothing where... Arteta yeah, was speakers but out look, on the pitch and played, you'll never walk
4: alone. Yeah, but everyone's, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's jumped on it, yeah. Everyone's jumped on it. And I can see why it's... A, listen, if that was a Spurs thing, I'd be laughing at it. But from the get-go, he's owned it. He's gone up to the other coach and he said to him, in my crazy mind, I'm going to try something new. And fair yeah. play, man. I'm, I'm all I'm all guns... I'm, I'm happy for that, man. Let the that was the funny, though, way, because... He'll find his way.
5: He's a I'm rookie, sad. but
4: he's, you know... Everyone, talk, I mean, Steve, you will know, I'm sure you've still got connections at Man City, and I'm sure they all spoke highly of him. Um, I can only go by what we hear in the media, but you probably got a little, maybe, I don't know, a couple of friends down there, got insight, and I'm pretty sure they, they were gutted to lose him. So, let's roll with it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah,
5: I don't know about gutted. Uh, I think we accepted that it was part of his development and progression that he was going to become a manager in his own right, but we're... You know, for us, it's just get the next one in because the team is always more important than, 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 than the coach. Uh, maybe not the manager, but certainly the support staff. And we keep getting better and better players and keep getting better every season. So, if any assistant manager leaves Manchester City in the current climate, I don't think anybody's in the slightest bit bothered because the show goes on because we've got... Top no, players. My, my but what I'm saying is,
4: you obviously heard very good things about him.
5: Absolutely. Surely. I think he goes with our blessing, knowing full well that he was ending up going to be too good to be an assistant and become a manager in his own right, which he has done. Now we're waiting to see if he'd become a very good man, a very good one on the back of an FA Cup uh, trophy that he's got. You know, see if he could add to that with with different things and with his credentials. But I think it was obvious he was not going to be an assistant for too long. So every credit for that, but he's not missed.
3: I think what's impressed me most about Arteta this summer especially is he's added a lot of depth defensively because you mentioned Saliba coming back from his loan, but obviously, you know, Zinchenko's come in. Um, I think he'll do world of wonders, especially at left back with Tierney. Obviously, Tierney, you know, he's hit, miss, or maybe so to use ter- uh, Steve's term, you know, especially with the injuries. He's a very good player, don't get me wrong. But I think when you get that that left back who is constantly in and out of the team, you can't get any. Consistency going and Zinchenko obviously has, has done the world of good at Man City. Um, but also bringing in that Vieira lad, I think he will do well in the middle of the park. And Odegaard, you know, pe- people were talking about him being the next best thing at Real Madrid, didn't seem to work out for him. But here he is at Arsenal, um, captain as well. And the back in the last season, he was outstanding. Okay, the past the last couple of games, you know, whatever it is, what it is. You can't expect him to fire on all cylinders every week, but he's looking like the player that. Real Madrid signed or wanted wanted when they signed him anyway.
4: I I love Odegaard. When we were linked to him or Madison, I was praying that we weren't going to get Madison. Um Odegaard is proper the fact that he's he's vocal on the pitch as well, the fact that he's given him the captaincy just speaks for itself. He's only what 22, 23 the kid. I mean at the end of the day he's he's Haaland's captain on on the international field. So um I love that boy. He's going to be our new. I think he's going to be one of our poster boys for the season coming forward. He just needs to add a few more goals. And then we've got a real Rolls Royce there, man.
3: Jesus is going to be balling out, isn't he? Let's get it right. I've got him on my dream team. I don't care. <laughs> I'll put him in my so dream
4: 71, team 71.5% of the football fantasy world <laughs> in their team. I hope so. I mean, we need, we're, we, we've been, I mean, after the whole Adibai or, um Obama Yang mockery that he made of us the last year or so. We need someone like that, man. He just looks hungry. and That's all we need as Arsenal fans, man. If you're going to battle for that shirt and run and then hopefully he adds adds 20-odd goals for us and then we'll finish third, like I said.
3: There you go. Johnny, you were applauding earlier. Let's let's talk more about Arsenal. Come on. No gazidis. Edu is in. (laughs) He seems to be doing things the right way, isn't
0: he? He is. He is. I actually... uh... When was it his first season? I actually uh spotted him at the stadium. Uh, and you said was, Edu out. <laughs> nah, I, I actually went out to him and had a phone with him. I said to him just well, that's why I say thank you, what you're doing. I think you're doing a really good job. I said to him, Keep it going. He said thank you very much. Um Who the fuck uh, is that guy? He's bloody huge, I tell you, he is massive. He is tall and he is built like a you know what. Um but, um, yeah, I think he's doing a great job. I think Arteta's doing a great job to uh, expand on what um, Christian was saying about Aubameyang. Um Not just with Abamian, but with Socrates and uh, Kailasinac and Ozil. One thing Arteta has brought to the club, discipline.
5: It's discipline. It's my
0: way or the highway. If you don't like it, you're out. I don't care if no one's going to buy you, you're out, you're gone. One way or another, you're not playing for this club again. Discipline was something we had been lacking for a long, long time. I don't mean discipline as in uh, oh, uh, getting yellow cards, getting bookings, getting red cards. I mean discipline to do your job properly, turn up to training on time, putting the effort in the, on the training pitch and at the Emirates and wherever else you're playing. Discipline to track back, discipline to be in the right position, and discipline to do your job, basically, do what you're paid the, the millions of pounds to do. Um, to go, yeah, John, on the... there's,
3: there's, an, there's another thing that you forgot to mention, yeah, yeah, discipline off the field. And I don't mean yes. like going to clubs and all that, I mean by their social media, yes, right? Because I don't know if you've noticed this. Arsenal are keeping things very in-house at the moment, especially with their social media stuff. You're seeing a lot of campaigns with local businesses and all that, which is great, which is boosting their reputation. But they've got someone like Frimps in. Frimps is a top, top bloke. And, you know, he's doing a fantastic job for for the Arsenal YouTube channel and and the Arsenal media side of things. But they're keeping everything in-house, which is important because you don't want one player taking photographs with an AFTV guy. You don't want another guy doing Instagram lives and all that kind of shit. That is effectively... The, the tail wagging the dog, which is what ha- was happening with United, and I'm sure we're going to go into that with Mike. But I think that's what, what Arsenal are doing very very well now. Yeah. They're doing their bit. They're doing their bit for their own social
1: media, but they're keeping everything in house. Yeah. Can yeah. I just add to that? Still, I think I think I think you're you're bang on with that. The one of the biggest things of Arsenal over the last two or three years is the circus around the club. With you know when the bad results will come in, everyone. You know, all, let's not let's not lie about it. We all watched loads and loads of clips of Arsenal fan TV with them all losing their minds, you know, and talking crap. And also, it was just a big circus around the club. And I have noticed that in the last six months or so, where it's, it's been toned down massively, hasn't it? Um, well, I can tell
4: you now, as an away fan, as a match going away fan, they get slaughtered every game away from home. And, and you know, yeah. you've noticed they, you've noticed that's been toned
1: down because that that was a big, big you know, that was a lot of toxic, toxicity around Arsenal was the fact that, you know, we won't get into it, but it was almost like, you know, when there's a bad result, it was great for them because it would just give them that, you know, that platform to, to, it to have, it around, have it around, have it around, you know, the, the fans and the opposition fans and stuff like that. And I think, still you hit the nail on the head. But you, you, they definitely toned it down big time this 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 you know this last 6 months I think socially there's not a lot of stupidity going around with it do you know what I mean and that's what you, you don't want that
3: because what happens is you have all these people that have got nothing to do with the club talking this and that listen we've all got a platform we we're, we're doing this ourselves right but the thing is we're not denigrating the teams we're not slaughtering the players AFTV almost became the mouthpiece of the entitled fans. Do you know what I mean not the true fans that support the club, thinking you know Definitely. week in, week out, right? Definitely. It's the entitled
1: ones. It was a circus. And thought, man. It was a circus.
3: Of course, and and don't get me wrong, a lot of these guys, apart from one who's in the nick which I'm not going to mention, um, a lot of them are doing well for themselves now. They're making money. And I guess yeah. that is what the end game was. Yeah. And look, yeah. Fair, t- fair play 100%. to them. Fair, fair play to them. Right. I've got no issue with that. Yeah. Okay? But what I don't like is how, you know, whenever you talk to an Arsenal fan and you mention AFTV, right, immediately they say, I'm not like that. And that's because of these people that mm. did it. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I could, I've known Pilari for years. I've known John for years. I've never associated them with AFTV. Yeah. But if I were to speak to, to a lot of Arsenal fans, immediately they'd say to me, oh, I'm not one of them because yeah. they, they've been tarred with that brush. 100%. You know? and, and, and as I said, a lot of these AFTV guys, again, I don't like shitting on AFTV because they've done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But the, they became like celebrities, right? And because they became very close with the players, it's almost as if the huge fan base that Arsenal have, especially on social media, were protecting these players that were friends with the AFTV guys. Like Aubameyang, for example. He got away with so much, so much, right? Because he was mates with troops. Yeah, 100%. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. But Shaka, all right, well, he might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I never saw him shirk a challenge, all right? He stormed off the pitch and told the fans to fuck off. But come on, that's probably because of all the shit he got on social media. Yeah, Do you get what I'm saying? So
4: yeah, I think Dad have it very well. He didn't deserve. He didn't deserve that.
0: Actually.
1: No, no. This is where I don't know right fans. Yeah, it, 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 you know, back to what you know, Stel was saying. That that's where I think there there was a big circus around around the club, and it didn't help. Um, but And I think that that has slowly, you know, turned down and got better. And, I agree with, I agree with what Christian was saying i I think Arsenal could be a surprise team this year they need to get they need to keep players fit um because I still don't think as a squad they're you know they're they're brilliant as a squad um but to not finish in the top four um and make them signings like a Jesus um I think zinchenko would be a good good player as well um, I think he's got good leadership qualities, especially, you know, he's the captain of his international team as well. Um, I think they did really well not finishing in the top four to, to bring them players in.
3: Lovely. Mike. Yes. Um, this is going to be like a post-mortem, isn't it? <laughs> United. Since Ferguson, we've had Van Hal Moyes, Mourinho... Solskjaer, who was at the wheel. (laughs) Cheers, Rio. Um, And now, Ten Hag. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I've always believed that when Ferguson retired, Mourinho should have come in. He had a much better squad to play with. Um, Moyes was a disaster. And obviously, now he's kind of done well at West Ham. Um, Van Howe, I I don't know what happened there. Well, I do know what happened there. He was playing turgid football, but he was still getting results. Let's not make any bones about it. Um Mourinho for me I, I I love the guy I didn't want him to get sacked it just proved that pl- the players had the power at the club Um, Pogba especially with Lingard and a few others again I'm sure you're going to go into that um, and now we've got this guy after Oli and I think I think now that Woodward's gone there seems to be more of a structure Um, heads have rolled which I've got no problem with even though I don't know if Darren Fletcher is going to be on the, on, the, on the bench again, even though he should be in the stands, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure Steve is going to be nodding away in a second. second He's <laughs> secretly nodding away. <laughs> but um, are you optimistic now? Do you, do you feel we're going into this season thinking, yeah, United might actually have a chance of maybe getting top four. Maybe. Maybe.
2: I think you've got to be pragmatic when you're looking at this. We're not the United of 10, 12 years ago. But I think if we're looking at recent history, I think United finally, and I hope, have a manager with um, modern footballing credentials. A serious man. Um, But I think the bigger problem is what happens upstairs. Um, The owners, the random direction, we all seem to be going. However, you know, the the retort to that is um, I think Ten Hag has already shown he's his own man. I've been quite impressed how he's used the media so far. I think it's clear that he is a manager with a vision but I think and I think it's shown so far he's also got the personality and the single mindedness to try and impose that vision so from that point of view in terms of the man in charge of the team the squad I am optimistic up to a point
3: um okay so what are we okay so are you optimistic because of the the coach that we now have, that he actually can coach, are, are you optimistic because of the players that have left, the players that have come in and or are potentially coming in? Um, it, what, what fills you with, with some optimism?
2: Okay, the, the optimism, as I said, is, is, is what I've seen so far from Ten Hag, what he's shown, what he's done at Ajax. But if we look at the team and the squad and what he's had to work with, I think, one of the most important things was getting rid of players like Pogba Lingard, who were, ne- you know, from what we've been led to believe, negative influences on and off the pitch. Whatever you know, it shows on the pitch and off the pitch in terms of um, uh, their their t- their media team's um, impression, perception, being given out. It wasn't what we what we're seeing. We know that. Um, And I think it's really, really important that Pogba and Lingard were Jessiton. Um, In terms of the squad, I think we've got very little depth. I do feel that Sancho having a year to bed in and he's shown in pre-season is going to be a plus. Rashford needs a reset. Um, I think at best we'll finish fifth. Um, But there's there's so many, so many issues that, uh, that are wrong at United. And if I just touch on... Uh, leading on what we just spoke about Arsenal. I think United's official social media channels are a bit of a joke and certainly merchandise-driven. The players up until now have seemingly had, I guess, carte blanche to say what they want, when they want, and frankly, it's a bit rubbish. And then there's those um, fan cams, which, to me, exist only to generate negativity, because that negativity drives clicks and likes. And the consequence of that is that it drives a wedge between between supporters. So if if we look at it on a scale, I think there's there's some positivity, but I think those negative elements still exist. And you, you know all your feelings on it as well. Unless those unless those owners leave, then United are never going to be where they were ten or fifteen years ago. We're never going to be a competitive force because simply that vision does not exist.
3: Thing is, Mike, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I know people are going to say to me, "Oh, you're a glazer sympathizer," because I'm not. Because if I if I was, I'd still be Absolutely going to. Not. I still have my I still have my season ticket for a start. Um, Boys,
4: sorry, I've got to go. No worries, mate.
3: Cheers, mate. Care, say buddy. hello to Siena for us. Be nice
4: you, mate. Take care, lad.
3: See you, brother. Take it. There you go. See, he's he's got a celebrity in the car. Well, pretty soon, anyway. Um, so yeah, I, look, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here, right? I understand the Glazers have taken a lot of money out of the club, but they've also sanctioned a lot of expenditure. And there have been a lot of signings that have been pretty questionable. Then you've got to ask, well, why does the club have so many bloody scouts worldwide? We're talking about over 50 here, Mike. 50 scouts worldwide. Um, the the um, power they gave Ed Woodward to bring in whoever he felt was right as and when he wanted, Um, it's not as if they've interfered. So are they the problem? Are they the main problem, if you think about it?
2: You hit the nail on the head. The owners gave responsibility to a banker to make the decisions. When Ed Woodward sided with Pogba over Mourinho, that regime was gone. That was finished. Mourinho was finished. That then festered for years later because Pogba was given that that, that power within the squad, and not only him, others too. When Woodward went and bought Alexis Sanchez purely to justify what he said in the press, that we can do things in the transfer market that others can't, that's where the problem is, because it's not football people running a football club. It's bankers running a football club. And it's ego-driven, where Woodward wanted to show he was Billy Big Bollocks, by signing these players, and that, that where's the direction? If you look at the different managers that we've had since Ferguson, there's 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 no continuity there. There's no f- foresight there. There's no long, medium, or long-term plan there. It's who was a flavour of the month, and that's why it hasn't worked. Hopefully now, as, as you know, that's obviously my hope, our hope is that we have a modern um, manager. Uh, you know, a manager with modern footballing credentials who hopefully has, we're going to be given that power. And, you know, I think what's going to happen with Ronaldo in the next few weeks, I think that'll be very telling whether he genuinely has that power, generally has the authority to make the decisions. And if he's given that authority and that decision making responsibility, I think we're going to see a turn for the better. But it's going to be incremental. It's not going to be revolutionary. It's going to be evolutionary. And it's going to take time because there's a massive mess at United.
3: Mike, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to add to that. There's, there's two things I have to say, right? And um, some people might faint, faint, John especially. But I think Ronaldo needs to go. Because what we're doing is exactly what happened with Paul Pogba, right? Don't get me wrong. Quality player. I I can't dispute that. I can't say that he's a shit player. Last season, he he carried us a lot of the season, right? But you can't have a new manager and the whole summer be um, dictated, or not dictated, by dominated by this player, whether he wants to stay or not. If he doesn't want to stay, do what Arteta did, stick him in the fucking resis, right? That's it. We don't need you here. Right, I don't care how big a name is. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care. If you don't suit the system and you don't want to be here, get to fuck. Right? That's the first thing. Second thing, and this is the thing that made my blood boil. Right. Again, I don't know how much truth there is in it, so I'm not going to go off on one about it. But the fact that they're thinking of bringing back Ferguson in some kind of advisory role. He is one of the main reasons why we're in this mess anyway. Let's, let's just get it right. He's one of the main reasons. So why would he be here to, to make decisions or advice? Why would he be here to undermine Ten Hag? Because that's what it is, you know? Because when you got Ferguson around, best believe Rio Ferdinand's going to be fucking popping off at the mouth and all these other little cronies around him. I'm just saying, he needs to fuck off as well.
2: As is I said, I you're right. It's, it's just these next couple of weeks, few weeks. Let's see what happens against Brighton. I fully expect Ronaldo not to be in the starting eleven, but that's normal because he wasn't there at preseason. Let's see what happens in the in the subsequent couple of games when he should be fitter, match fit, getting closer to the end of the transfer window. And if he doesn't play, whether or not it's because Martial, Rashford, Sancho, whoever, are playing on are playing well or not, it's the manager imposing his will, imposing his authority. Let's see what happens. That's gonna be that's gonna for us, that's gonna tell us where the season goes. And where the short-term future lies because if it if they're going to back the manager which they should have done with Mourinho over Pogba then that's going to be a positive and if it means Ronaldo goes so be it because the club and the manager well the manager first has to be backed because the club and the manager should be bigger than any player
0: can i ask you a couple of
3: questions um, well you got pencil so that's the first time i've ever seen you
0: prepared on this pod <laughs> yes, very very clever. Very funny. Um, right, Quick on Ronaldo, John Light. With Ronaldo, do you think, do you honestly believe he really wanted to return to United last summer? Or do you feel that they brought in Ferguson to uh, pressure him into it?
2: R- Ronaldo would not have gone anywhere unless he wanted to.
0: Okay, fair enough. He, he's okay. that
2: bigger personality, he's that powerful a footballer. He would not have ended up at United unless he wanted to.
0: Okay, that's, fair that's the My, my I other believe. question is it's more for you, Mike, than it is still, because I already get where still's position is. But as a fan, for me, as an Arsenal fan, I felt very disconnected from the club for quite a long time, even as a season ticket and going to every game uh, until last season. Do you feel disconnected to the club at the moment? as a fan? Well, I think that's a good question. I think I'm going to
2: touch on what Stel said earlier with that, um, you know, the older I've the older i become, you know, my boys are old now. They're, they're 20 and 17. They still want to go to games. I'll take them when we can, when we haven't got games on Sunday and so on and so on, uh, you know, grassroots games. But um, do I feel disconnected? Uh, generally, I feel like more of a disconnect with football as a whole. I think it's um, really different to the game from when I grew up. Obviously, I'm, I'm nearly 50 um, and it's, it's, it's a very, very different beast. Very, very different beast. There is a definite disconnect between time served fans, supporters of a certain age and what they felt, what they liked, what they enjoyed, what they felt football was like 20, 30 years ago. I think most of us here would probably agree with that. Now, obviously, if you're going to have success with your team, if your team's going to be successful, there's going to be far more of a connection. Do I feel a personal disconnect with United? Yes. Do I? F- Is that because of United and what's happening? Yes. But I also feel a disconnect with football as well. I'm more interested in the grassroots football, my football club, my football team, but also the stuff that stell has been doing with Omonia. And I've always been an Omonia fan anyway. And for me, that's far more exciting because to us, that's more real. Would you agree, still?
3: Yeah, well, see, this is this is the thing, Mike, because you know, uh, I hate to bring it back to Armani again, but the reason why I find it fun is because the club values the supporters. You know, there's there's Land more the comu- there's more of a community feel to it, and it, okay, I, I can't even say it's it's the culture because Steve will attest to this. There's a lot of League Two clubs and League One clubs that are doing stuff for their community. And the fans the fans feel closer to the club than perhaps Premier League fans do. But that's what happens when, when there's a club that's worldwide and when, when they become too big. But with, with, with ammonia, as as I said, the, the, the players become immersed with the club. Then they become immersed with the fans. You know, you can go out to a bar in Cyprus and bump into an Armonia player and they'll talk to you. All right, obviously you're gonna, there's going to be a bit of abuse from, from other supporters, but it's not, it's not like, oh, don't talk to me, I'm a footballer. It's like, all right, come, let's have a conversation. And I think there's that, there's that I don't know what's the word, Mike. I think respect, the mutual respect. But I think I think that's what it is. Um, but anyway, look, it, it is what it is. I think you're right. A lot of fans, a lot of older fans are becoming disconnected with with football. And Steve, I'm going to bring this back over to you, mate, because you know you mentioned that you're out of the game for for quite a while, and you did feel a little bit low, especially that you know you felt. I don't know. Maybe you felt a little bit betrayed by the game, given all your efforts and. You know, you, you were struggling to get back into the game, but obviously you've got that new lease of life now at, at Donny, and it's, it's a fantastic opportunity and I'm sure you, you, you're enjoying every single moment of it. Um, but, you know, how did you feel in those those years out of the game? Did you feel disconnected as well?
5: I felt disconnected because it was the same time as the COVID and the uh, no supporters experience at the football matches and, uh, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't in the game that I love. Um, I couldn't really go and watch the game that I love although I was a bit fortunate to get media accreditation to go and watch Manchester City and Bolton every week so I did actually watch games through Covid but they were in empty stadiums and a bit like the chaps have just been saying there a disconnect, you, lost, you lose your football soul you lose your football spirit um, and again, thankfully the team I support um, are still competitive in every single football match very honest and superbly coached and, and, and well-talented. But I can imagine for clubs who are on uh, the decline to go with empty stadiums, COVID and what it brought, um, we're already disillusioned possibly with all-seater stadiums, referees, VAR, uh, no tackling almost, um, loads of possession at the back and not much penetration. I think the fellas are exactly right, that we've, we have to adapt because the game has evolved. Um, and it's involved to a real high level, and it is high intensity at times, but at other times it's quite pedestrian, and it can be quite an awful watch sometimes, and I'm sure we're all honest, we pick and choose our Premier League games that we watch. Uh, I know there are some that watches every minute of every football, but I'm going to be a bit more honest and say there are some games that are a little bit of a turn-off than a turn-on, whereas the supporter experience in me for probably... 35 years of my life, I'd, I'd watch a game of football anywhere. But now a little bit of overkill, a little bit of referee spoiling it, a little bit of all-seater stadiums losing a bit of passion. And like I say, look, no tackling in the game has made me pick and choose what I want to watch.
3: Don't blame me, mate. I think you've hit the nail right on the head there. But um, I'll tell you what, we haven't spoken about C, have we? We've done United, we've done Arsenal. But um, yeah, it's, it's almost as if I wouldn't say it's like a new era, but it's there's a lot of players have left City. Mm. Some very good players have come in. Obviously, I wouldn't expect anything more from City, but um, the main guy that's coming is is Holland. Ha- this time, yeah. last time, we were talking about possibly Harry Kane. I, I'm not going to ask if you're thrilled about Holland coming back to City because you know I'm sure he's got City in his in his DNA, obviously through his dad. But you must be excited, I know.
5: I'm excited, and I think it's worth the mention of the business model. I think it was two hundred thirty-two million pounds that they've raised um, from outgoing transfers. And what they've paid for Haaland is an absolute snip, considering Jesus left in the same week. Um, when we signed Jesus, we got half of that money back for Kalecci Niaccio. The business model is thriving. We're showing, I think, all the clubs all over the world how to do it. It does help when you have a large you know, pot of money in the first place. But if you spend it wisely, you can do so for a long, long time. And I think now we're, we're so much in credit that we can afford these world class players and you know we're we're, we're selling people to Burnley we're selling people to Southampton um, without a league appearance so you know it's we're we're signing these best players in the world for free almost so I think that needs mentioning Uh, so it's not like we are spending our money again we're getting it back we're getting it back and we're getting in credit Um, I think Haaland is going to come and grace the Premier League is the nearest thing to Alan Shearer in terms of a, of a big, ruthless centre-forward, an old-fashioned number nine, if you like. I think City will now have the opportunity to cross balls high into the penalty area, whereas they've been working the ball down the side of the 18-yard box and passing stuff along the floor. They'll still do that, but Sterling got 15, 16 goals a season at the back post doing that. But I think they have the option now of crossing into the middle of the penalty area for Harland's forehead. But I think the, uh, the benefit for me, and and the guys there, is I don't think anybody's picked up on it fully yet in the media, but I think the wide players are the ones who are going to benefit the most from Haaland's arrival. I think Bernardo Silva, if he stays, certainly Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, uh, and and most definitely Jack Grealish. I think in the previous Manchester City team of this year, without a centre-forward, you've already got the full-back to try and beat in a 1v1, and they're capable of doing so. But what you've got now, uh, with Haaland in the team, in the season gone by, the centre-half of the other team would be able to come across and help the full-backs. And so it was often 1v2 in the city-wide areas, and it was tough, even though they always found a way. But now City are probably going to play with the centre-forward, and they've got Alvarez as well. That means the centre-halves are going to be marking the centre-forwards, quite rightly, and I think the fullback area now will be lots of 1v1 opportunity instead of 1v2, and they're expecting all those talented wide players from Manchester City to flourish.
3: He did seem a little bit frustrated in the Community Shield, Holland, didn't he? Um, But he was making a lot of runs uh between the centre-backs, playing off the defender's shoulder. There was one occasion where I think he, he had a pop at Rodri. He goes, this is so simple. This is so simple, you know? But it just shows the lad's eagerness. And he reminds me a lot of, you know, as, as Andy said, you know, you mentioned Nunes. Holland reminds me a lot of your traditional number nine, where he loves to get in that six-yard box. You know, granted that Dortmund, he played a lot on the counter attack, especially in, in European competition. He's got the pace and the, and the power as well to do it, but he is that that fox in the box. I hate using that term, but or was he, they call him a, they call him a killer in Cyprus. We need a killer. That's him.
5: Well, he, he, he's going to be everything. He's going to be the perfect teammate. He's going to lead the line. He's going to occupy two centre halves. He's going to score goals, all parts of his body. He's going to bring midfielders into play. Um, and at the moment, it's good that he's, he, he he wants City to adapt to his style of play. And I think it's important that we make him feel warm and we make him feel welcome. But we're doing quite well without him. And I think it's important that he gets to know how we play, not the other way around. Because there's uh, the 16 players that he needs to adapt to. And it's easier if he adapts as at one than the rest of them adapt to him. But I'm delighted to have him. Um, and obviously, I just think it strengthens the credentials of the team. Um, I think the Premier League won't be a formality, but I think it will be uh, not as not as tight as it has been. I, I think they'll we'll have a gap on Liverpool this year, really do. And we'll see if they can just do a little bit better in the Champions League. What they'll have to do is do better in the last five minutes of, uh, of semi-finals, unlike this season where uh, Giao Cancelo managed to uh, make about five different errors to basically hand Real Madrid the time.
2: Steve, can Mike. I ask you a question? I wanted to ask you a question. I mean, I, I, beginning of a season, I always look at who's going to break through teams, young players, established players, new sign-ins. and there's a lot of um, a, a lot of um chatter around Cole Palmer at City.
5: How good is he? Excellent, excellent. And in another climate, he'd it, be. Um... Well, I'm not even going to class him as a fringe player. Um, in another climate, he would be a fringe player. He's not a fringe player. A fringe player is someone that, that plays a bit, comes on, comes off, comes on, comes off. He's not even certain to, to be on the bench, so he can hardly be classed as a fringe player, but he's he's very much what Manchester City have turned into, which is that 360 degrees player, turning around in a circle, hiding the ball, bringing all his teammates into the game, can shoot off both feet, can glide um and what he has got is the nearest thing to Riyad Mares, in all fairness but unfortunately for him he's got Riyad Mares in his shirt and in his way so I don't know where his pathway is but he's that good to be mentioned in the same sentence
2: is that why they'd be happy for Bernardo Silva to go to give him that one step one step closer to that first team
5: fair question I'm worried that the the young um is going to go to Chelsea for an increased amount of money and um, the money that Barcelona inherit will be spent on Bernardo Silva. I am concerned, Um, but obviously Bernardo Silva, if you saw the charity shield alone, he did most of the work in his own box rather than the opposition's box, but he plays all over the field, a fantastic teammate. He plays basically in the middle line, whereas Cole Palmer doesn't play in the middle line. He's got the talent to, to receive in there, but of course he plays on the last line where he can shoot and cross. But there will be room for him in the squad, um and he is that type of gliding player. I just believe that Bernardo Silva is more of the all-round team player and, like I say, Cole Palmer is more of coming at the last moment, but uh, a very talented young man and he's done it for England young young teams too.
0: Mm-hmm. Cheers,
3: Steve. Wonderful. Wonderful. Boys, can we quickly talk about Spurs and Chelsea here? Because, uh, stark contrast, we talk about their fortunes in the in the transfer window. Spurs have practically done all their business. They've been very shrewd. I think signing Perisic has been an incredible coup for them and I'm sure it will prove to be a great one. Um, Richardson, again, a lot of people are turning their nose up on it, but I think it will be a fantastic signing from... Whereas Chelsea brought in Sterling, Koulibaly, but it's almost as if they can't get deals over the line. Apparently, Kukurea is joining today. I don't know how true that is. And, and on top of that, it's almost as if every time Chelsea want a player, Barcelona come in and get them. Um, I, I personally believe Spurs will finish above Chelsea this season. Uh, obviously, Chelsea without Lukaku as well is going to be uh, a bit of a loss, you know, because they don't have a recognised striker really. But in terms of their season coming up, who do you think will have a better season come next summer? Go on, Andy, you, start. you haven't said anything for a while. Tell, I'm going
5: to tell <laughs> me batteries out. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave you with it, mate.
3: No worries, Steve. Look, thanks for jumping on, mate. Appreciate it. Thank
5: you, and thank you again. Great chatting with you, lads.
1: Always Steve. a pleasure. Cheers, bye-bye. 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 Cheers mate. Bye-bye. Yeah. Stealth. Go ahead, pal. Yeah, uh I, they have actually confirmed um Kukarela tonight, Chelsea. Um, I just found it mad that they've spent a hundred million pounds on two left backs, Chilwell and um and Cucurella. I find that crazy, but it's obviously they've got concerns over Chilwell, haven't they? With his, with his fitness and stuff. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I I think Spurs have done okay in the transfer window. I'm not a massive Richarlison fan. I, 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 I think he's pretty much an average striker, if I'm being honest. If you look at his goal return for a number nine, I think he's saying like 44 goals in 178 Premier League games. Um, and I can't see him being any better than what they've got in their front three with um, Kane, Son and uh, uh, Um So that's, that's one expensive backup player, which is very unlike Spurs and Levy. Um, I think Bissoum was a, a, a very good signing for Tottenham. Brilliant signing, in fact. And really baffled as to how other clubs didn't go in for him. Liverpool, for instance, maybe could have taken a, a £25 million a gamble on him. Um, so I think that's a really good signing for Spurs. And with what you're saying about about Chelsea this year, I, I'd say, yeah, I agree with you simply because of Conte. Um, you know, Conte got them in the top four last year when they, you know, were struggling a lot, weren't they? Um, you know, he lost quite a few games as well, Conte, some mad games. I think they lost to Burnley and stuff like that. Um, so I think because of Conte, I think they will get in the top four. Um, but it's it's interesting. Chelsea, like you said, every player they've gone gone for <laughs> ends up having a medical at Barcelona. Um, but from what I'm seeing all over social and um, some credible journals, is that they're banging for De Jong now. So they must have got some sort of, you know, contact with the player's agent that they can they can get that one over the line. Well, and I know their
3: league. their owner That's met up with Laporte a few weeks ago in Barcelona. Yeah.
1: So I think um, if they get De Jong, that could change things slightly in, in terms of that, that top top three, top four battle. Well,
3: the thing is, where where's his best position? Because I'm I'm looking at Chelsea's squad at the moment, midfield they've got Jorginho Kante, Conor Gallagher, Kovacic, Lost's cheek, mm-hmm. Ross Barkley, Billy Gilmore, right? In an attacking sense, they've got Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Ziyech, Sterling, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi.
1: Yeah. Uh, he comes I, I, Bell, he comes straight into CBM. That's why Man yeah? United won him. That's why Man United won him because he will slot straight into your midfield, CBM, with all the boys around him. He's so good at keeping the ball. Um, he reads the game very well. You know, he's not He's not one of these tenacious CDMs like a Fabinho or a... You know, a Rodri with you know snaps into tackles and stuff like that. He's 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 a ball playing CDM who can control the pace of a game, um, which is why he's, you know why Ten Hag wants him. To, I mean, Ten Hag had him at, at Ajax and knows what he's all about and what he can do. For, you know, for the for the speed of the game when you need to speed it up, slow it down. Do you understand? So he will slot straight into into that um, into that CDM role at Chelsea if he goes there. At the expense of Jorginho. Jorginho is a system player. Unfortunately for Jorginho, he was brought in by Sari um, and Sari Ball. Um, and, you know, he, he doesn't really suit the, the uh, Tuchel's way of playing. Um, I think Jorginho is a good player, but I think he's a victim of being, you know, a, a system player for, for the previous manager. Um, so that's probably why they get the on if they get De Jong, that he'll slot straight into that CDM row and it'll just make them automatically a much better side for, uh, for me, especially in midfield. Mm.
3: And Mike, when Sterling joined Chelsea, for me, it was a no-brainer, not just because it's Raheem Sterling and for what he brings to the team, but Tuchel will play this 3-4-2-1 system. That, that's the system that he's stuck with. He's, you know He'll have to play Hudson-Odoi right-wing-back if he has to. Do you get what I'm saying? And Sterling will play behind the front man because that's the role that he's played very well at, at Man City and probably play on the left side as well because I, can, I can't I can imagine Mason Mount being on the left side of, a, of the two men behind the one. Um, but did that move come as a surprise for you given what he's done at Man City? And he's not old. Is he old, is he now? 27? Still muted, Mike.
2: It's a good question. I think... Um... They're always like, you know, mumblings about Sterling and Pep at, at City. Um, and don't forget, when he went over from Liverpool, there was lots of talk that oh, Pep has um, managed him and coached him to be a better finisher. I don't think he is a better finisher. I just think he gets more, more chances and more players are defending more players, more City players. Therefore, he does find himself at that far post with an open goal. Um, I, you know, I think Sterling's a, a, a wonderful player. I think he's a really effective footballer. Uh, is it a surprise that he went? Probably not because, you know, Pep does this evolution at, Chelsea, um, at City where to get players out. And clearly now, you know, he spent that 100 million on Grealish. He's had that season bedding in. He's got rid of Sterling. Here you go, son. It's your spot now. But for Chelsea, I think it's, 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 I think it's a really good signing. I think one of the players at Chelsea that for me is one. He's probably my favourite non-United player, even though I haven't got many uni- favourite United players at the minute. But Rhys James at Chelsea, I think he's a wonderful footballer. I think he can do everything. And, you know, England as a as a, as a national team are blessed with some amazing fullbacks. And Rhys James, he, he just had a fantastic season next year. So I'm actually looking forward to see what he does this year, whether he'll be pushed up maybe a little bit forward if they're going to play three at the back. Um, but, you know, I think Chelsea have still got quite a strong squad. I think centre-half positions are a bit of a worry, having lost Christiansen, having lost Rudiger. If Aspilicueta does finally sign for Barcelona, if Barcelona end up doing this fourth, fifth, sixth lever and selling their soul to the devil. Um, but I don't know. I think it's um, I think Spurs have done a lot of great business and they've got the the manager as well. What I'd always be wary of with, with a Conte team is Conte himself. That if it doesn't go his way and with Liverpool and City, well ahead of Spurs, it's not going to go his way. Will he start throwing his toys out the pram? And if that's the that's case, a, Chelsea will.
3: That's that's a very good question. That's a great, very cool, great question. point as well. That's a great point. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to send it over to John now because when we first started doing this pod, John, Spurs had Clint Dempsey, Adebayor. <clears throat> all right. They had um, Gareth Bale, but the likes of Bentaleb were there, Bentley, Lewis Holtby... Uh, Eunice Kabul, Stephen Colker was there, as- Asu Ekoto, who went on to do porn, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Did he? start? Yeah, apparently oh, so, cool. yeah. Start <laughs> contrast to the squad that they've got now. Um, but as Mike said, he's, he's mentioned Conte, and we know what Conte is like. I mean, this is a guy that basically sacked... Um, what's his name? The, the Chelsea striker. What was his name? Uh, Diego Costa, by text. He said, I don't want you playing for me anymore. But has... Conte matured. Has he grown up a bit? Oh, I know he's he's had a hair transplant, but has he <laughs> has he changed in some way? Because he's still battering players in in trading. He's still screaming on the touchline, but he's still a winner. Yeah, and I think this is what separates him from from Tuchel. No disrespect to Tuchel, because I know he won the Champions League, but so did Di Matteo. No disrespect,
2: gents I'm gonna have to go.
3: Oh yes, because it's twenty past. It's quite it's late, 11, yeah. 11, 11 <laughs> inside up, Mike. Mike, have if a good night, man.
2: It's really good to see you. Let's meet up soon and go for a drink.
3: Absolutely. We'll do this, take this again, now. 100%. Enjoy Enjoy it, then, take care. Bye, sir. <laughs> Down to three. Mary, I'm waiting for Mary to say, then there were three. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um, I think, uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask when it comes to how well anything uh, Spurs (laughs) gonna do or Conte gonna do because obviously, if I'm Arsenal fans, I'm gonna be a bit biased. But even if even if I try to put my neutral hat on, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Don't get me wrong, Conte, fantastic manager, fantastic coach, serial winner. You can see the passion. In him, which almost led him to walking out of the club within just a few weeks of being there last season. Don't forget, um, wasn't there something like at the beginning of the summer, Levy came out and said we've got 150 mil to spend, but they haven't spent this 150 mil. All right, they spent a lot of money on Richardson, but where's the rest of it gone? You know, um, so he's made a lot of promises that, to me, haven't been fulfilled yet and i don't think i don't know i think there's, there's 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 too many teams in and around that top four now that's going to make it very very difficult this season. well john they spent 90 million ahead. man Sorry? They spent 90 million okay fair enough they spent 90, 90 million okay but have they spent it wisely is you is spending 60 million on recharge i think so the player that they needed well, he, my,
3: he, okay, he's 25 years old for a start. Yeah, so it's not as if he's like 28, 29. All right, his goals record wasn't great at Everton, but he kept them up, though.
0: Let's get that right. Because without him, they'd have been relying on that guy that holds a handbag. And ain't going to get them. It is hard for me to comment because I, I'm not obviously a Spurs. Do you know what I'm it is? With, with everything, But um, I think that there's still something missing at Spurs. I still think that there's still that... There's still a hole to fill there. There's still a, a missing gap. That little bit of a an, an X factor. Uh, yeah, but uh, Johnny, do
3: you know what the, people use the it. term Spursy? Yeah, people use yeah. the term Spursy because Spurs have been known to 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 bottle it, right? Yeah. When when it when you know, okay. But let's get it right. First of all, they brought in Mourinho, right? And he tried to do things his way, and that didn't work, right? For whatever reason, you know, he must have pissed yeah. off a lot of people for whatever reason. Conte's come in and Levy's basically around and said, right, I'm not going to bring in like your Arnesons, your Yoles. I'm going to bring in this guy that's a proven winner. He might be a bit of a nutcase, right? But he'll get the players playing. And same as what Arteta's done, right? The tail ain't wagging the dog anymore, right? If yeah, you don't want to is... play for him or play for the yeah. club, you're gone. Tanganga yeah. has been pissing about. He's gone, right? and um, Ndombele. Ndombele, who they spent like 60, 70 million on, right? Yeah. He's gone. They don't give a yeah. fuck. Right. You ain't playing for us. You don't want to you don't want to play? Fine, you're gone. But I'll tell you what, you know, he's brought he's brought in um Eric Dyer's looking decent now, right? Christian Romero's been a good signing. Yeah. Right. Davidson Sanchez, all right, he's a bit iffy, right? But Lenglet's come in, who is okay. He's come from Barcelona, right? Matt Doherty's been doing very well under Conte. Um Heuberg's been a, a breath of fresh air for Spurs. I think Bissoum is gonna be brilliant. Um Bentanko, fantastic. Kulisevsky was holding it down last season. Um yes, Perisic, right, Perisic
0: is why, from this is, is a... Signing, like Andy was saying earlier, he's not going to start ahead of Kane as the up-front striker, is he? He's definitely not going to be on the left in front of Son. And Kulisevsky, I think, is a is a much better player. Much better no, but player.
3: I, but the thing is, I, I can't disagree with you on that. But what you've got to understand is that Spurs ain't going to be just going for top 4 this season in Conte's mind because he's a winner he's like
0: I don't give a fuck I want to go for the title ah, and you going to say this, this is my point I don't think that they've got it yet. I still think there's something missing for them to be able to challenge the top 2 I think there's still a gap between between City Liverpool after City Liverpool there's still a gap Spurs have not filled that gap yet I don't think they're going to feel it this season. But I don't think they are going to feel it even for that I get, I, get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying.
3: I get what you're saying. But the thing is, it's 38 league games. You're not mm. playing Liverpool and
1: Liverpool City 38 times. And yeah. Champions yeah. League. I and Champions that, League. Then. Exactly. Right. And he's going to, so, listen, he's going to want to win a trophy, isn't he? He's going to want to win either a Carling Cup, an FA Cup. Oh, he has to. You know, um, so he's he's going to want his squad. And I, and I can totally understand where Stell's coming from in terms of Richarlison. Um, but I just think that's an expensive squad player for yes, Tottenham. Is that, Tottenham don't usually do on. that. Me, I I, me, personally, as a Spurs fan, I would have probably gone in for a, a more of a creative midfielder. Yes. Um, I, I think they lack that. But um, one player that you guys missed out when you were talking about their, their transfers was Jed Spence. I think Jed Spence could be a, um, could be a, a really, really good player. But yeah, he's a very oh, every that's time that's I watched good throwing him, Yeah, every time I watched him in the FA Cup last year, obviously that's the only time we got to watch Forest. Um, I thought he was the man of the match on the pitch. Even even when we played and we narrow narrowly beat them 1 0 in the FA Cup. Jed Spence was the man of the match. He caused us yeah. a lot of problems bombing down that right wing. He's he's a good defender as well. He's big, he's strong. Um, and he's actually very good in the in the last thirds, and that could help Tottenham a lot. Yes. in terms of crosses going into the box and stuff and that's maybe why Richarlison, you know, was brought in and you know what, you might be right still, he might play quite a lot of games with Richarlison, you know, so Well, don't you know, forget, they, they, they want
3: they want silverware, right? Yeah. They want silverware and you need the squad to do that. Now yeah. they didn't do too well in the League Cup and in the FA Cup last season, so perhaps it's going to be a, a gradual process. Maybe they believe that with this squad, they're good enough to win a to yeah. win a domestic
1: trophy. Yeah, you never I've, know. And, yeah, you're right. You're right. They, I, they have, to. They have I to. I think, think that's, that's a good shout this season. year, Spurs. Spurs winning an FA Cup or a, or a Carling Cup for sure. Well, um, look, let's get it
3: right here. No disrespect yet, but United, Liverpool and City and even Arsenal to some extent, we don't really play full-strength teams in this in, in this competition until the no, last stages. No. You know? And I it's mean, a fact. It's not me saying that You know, they're denigrating the
1: cup. That's just how it is. That's just how it's straight been. You're right. I mean, the strangest thing about Liverpool winning the the domestic double last year was that up until the final, I think Klopp wanted to get knocked out of every single, every single game. I mean, and we ended up winning both of them um, and missing out on, on the big ones in the, in the Premier League and the Champions League. But, uh, you know, I agree with you. City don't, City, I think City, you know, do the same. They play, obviously with City, they've won a lot of domestic trophies because of the squad that they've got. Um, uh, but I mean, the funniest the funniest thing with, with us last year was uh, you could almost sense when um, Taki Minamino equalised against uh, Leicester City in, in, in the FA Cup. He was almost a little bit gutted <laughs> that, <laughs> that we were going to go through. So, Do you know what, though? I think the one thing that we
3: need to take into consideration, boys, and no one really talks about it too much. So, you know what? I'm going to throw it in. we got a World Cup at the massive. end of this year. Massive. So, can you imagine what impact this could make on the Premier League? It's going to be terrible. Can you imagine? Yeah, it is. So, all the all these uh, all these um, predictions. For me, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to predict anything from the league standpoint.
1: Exactly. There's no point because half of those
3: players go out there. I mean, okay, Salah isn't going because
1: Egypt didn't qualify, right? Well, oh oh, yeah, I was just going to say to you, if if you're looking at that sense, Liverpool were actually. I think I was reading an article about it. Liverpool actually keep the majority of their of their front line, um, which Aye, could be match. Yeah, Nunez isn't going. Is he? Yeah, Nunez, um, Jota. Uh, sorry, not Jota. Diaz, uh, Diaz and, and Salah. Um, but you're right. Still, the World Cup is just throwing a massive spanner in the works because who's going to want to get injured the month before the World Cup? Yeah, yep. they want to want to play for their countries, and then when the World Cup happens, you've got all that emotional roller coaster. You know, a team. What if, like last year, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Mo Salah was affected massively when Egypt lost the African Cup of Nations. When he came back from the African Cup of Nations, he was mentally gone because it was such a big thing for him to to be in that final, um, you know, and win it for his country. And when he came back, I mean, you guys saw the Salah before he went to the African Cup of Nations. To the Salah. After the, I'm convinced if we had the Salah that, um, that, that left to go to the African Cup of Nations, Liverpool would have won the quadruple last year. That's my honest opinion. Certain games where we drew, we should have won. I know it's all if, if, buts, and maybes, but I think an on fire Salah wins us, wins us all them four trophies last year. Um, but that's going to be the same with the World Cup still. You're going to get players that are going to be on an emotional roller coaster, you know, get to the last four of that tournament and not, you know, and then getting knocked out. And then the, you know, the the, the anti-climax of going back to your club, you know, after a World Cup. I, I just think it's going to, I just think it's the most messed up thing I've ever heard in my life, man. Yeah. Andy, a World bonkers, Cup look, in the middle of is a it, fucking season.
0: It's one a injury because kill a team. The,
3: it's bonkers because the last game... Right, the last game before the World Cup, the last Prem game, is on the twelfth of November. Yeah, the first game back is Boxing Day. Unbelievable, man! It's... So they have a World Cup, then they celebrate Christmas. Ah, so mate. I mean, their body, their body clock's going to be fucked already. Their diet is going to be fucked already. Well, you know what?
1: Still, Jurgen Klopp done an interview last week about that. He was asked the question: What's going to happen when the players go after the World Cup and the ones that remain behind? And he actually turned around and said. And it's probably going to be for United and Arsenal and the rest of the, you know, the thinking of managers. We're doing another pre-season apparently. We're doing it. We're actually doing another pre-season tour like we've done. Like I don't think we're going to go as far as Thailand and stuff like that. But that's what he's actually going to do. Uh, it's just bonkers, mate. You're having a pre-season in the middle of the season.
0: Well, it's like doing your warm weather training, but early, yeah. I guess, isn't it? Come on, man. And it's longer
1: just, and longer. But, seriously, man. It's actually the most important subject that you brought up tonight, still, in terms of what you know this season could bring is that World Cup. It is literally thrown a spanner of the works for, for when for... does the World Cup actually start? Though? What, what dates? I think it's. I think it's November. I think it's the end of November.
3: Twenty first of November is the first game. Senegal against Netherlands, apparently. What the
1: first of November or December? Twenty
3: first. of November.
1: Yes, yeah, so at the end 21st. of November, twenty first, and it finishes in this.
3: Uh, uh, oh, blind, that's a good question. Hang I about, think they. Which...
1: I think they're back for the Christmas period, didn't they?
3: Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I okay, about the final is the eight... oh, so the final is the eighteenth of December. Wow. And then the, they start on the twenty sixth of December. Wow, so eight days.
1: Well, that's eight mad. Days. That's mad. It really is bonkers, man.
0: It's not fair, really, is it? In, it's not fair on the players at all to put them through that.
1: But, um, but you know, I'm, 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 I've not heard Ten Hag speak about it yet. I'm sure he will. I've not heard um, Arteta speak about it yet. But Pep and Klopp have been banging the drum about the health of the footballers for the last two, three years. Everyone puts it down as are they moaning again and stuff like that. But mate, the, the the pressure they're putting on these on these players to then perform at the top level again, it's it's just never gonna happen, man. It's never gonna happen.
5: It's got five, subs now, hasn't it? got five mean, subs now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah
1: the five subs is gonna help but still look at the end of the season. When the season finished last year, yeah, you had Liverpool just finished their sixty third game um of the season with the Champions League final. And then all the players, not just Liverpool, by the way, all the players then had four Nation League games at the end of the season. Uh, you know, and now one of our players, one of our main players, is struggling because of that in Diogo Jota, where, he, where he's pulled a hamstring and he's going to miss the first three or four games of the season. And I'm pretty sure other, other guys are, you know, going to f- suffer that fatigue in, in, in their game as well. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm bringing it back to Liverpool because of what's happened with, with our players. But you're putting so much pressure on these guys to perform at a top level. It's never going to happen, man, because although they get paid all this money, they're human beings. Do you know what I mean, know, it's, 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 I, I
3: agree. I agree. People. But the thing is, what, what, we, what we fail to remember is that a lot of these players want to play in the World Cup as well. They do. And if you, look at, and if you look at, say, Pogba, for example, who's got a, an injury, he would rather not have the operation, knowing that if he has the op, he misses the World Cup. But he'd rather yeah. have therapy for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, exactly. let's say, right? Are they are they gonna, as you said, are they gonna play until like the end of October and think, shit, I've got two
1: weeks left till the yeah. World Cup? You know, it's a mentality thing, isn't it? Still, it's a mentality oh, no, thing. It, you know, I look, it, at, I look at someone like Virgil Van Dyke who missed the World, who missed the um, the tournament, didn't he, through his ACL he that's more than likely going to be his last ever world cup right you know what i mean i'm not saying, i'm not i'm not questioning his professionalism to to liverpool all right and i don't think he you know he will down his game but are you going to tell me that mentally he's not going to have in the back of his mind i'm not missing this world cup i'm playing for holland it's my last tournament how many players how many players are going to be thinking like that
3: well, look, the, league, the league
1: ends on the 28th
3: of May this season. Yeah, yeah that's right. May, so practically the, the beginning of June, yeah? Yeah. And what, what you've also got to take into consideration is remember during COVID, right, when we had the project restart and all the games started again? It's like they crammed them in every day. There oh, was a cram- it was terrible. Can you imagine if we have fixture congestion with FA Cup and with League Cup and all that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah. Players are going to be dropping like flies. You watch... January, February, when the weather changes, when it gets cold, when they've come from 40 degrees exactly. to like one, two degrees, you watch the muscular injuries, you watch it. People oh, are going to be dropping like flies. I'm worried Tell about it me. already,
1: mate.
0: I'm worried You're about it already. About it already. Like this is what I was trying to say. It only takes, for a lot of clubs, it's just one player to get injured. That could be the uh, that'd be devastating for their season. But of course. Arsenal, if, say, for instance, Gabriel Jesus got injured, he's obviously going to be out. Our out out our, 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 our first strike striker for the season, that's our striker gone. For Liverpool. Yeah, it's, they, it's lose, a... they lose Van Van Dijk. That's their biggest, one of their biggest players. Well, we've seen, we've, see, we've seen the impact already of, of yeah. important players. Yeah, if you United know, beat... lost Rodriguez for for instance, that's gonna be a, a huge loss to to United. You know, um, Man City could probably cope more than anybody, but um yeah it's well, gonna it's gonna affect it's some the of the big things, it's gonna affect them even more as well. But, the you know, big I'm thing saying, about the non-top four not top six teams. Yeah.
1: Well the big thing about Man City and Liverpool is their best players if you look at Liverpool it's Salah and Haaland don't they're not, they're to not up, it. Yeah. so they yeah. they're gonna have a nice little rest. They're gonna be yeah. you know Buzzing, yeah, but it's still by them too. <laughs> it's not about them it's about the other guys that are going to be missing yeah. from all the teams I think man United have got loads of international players away um Tottenham I mean Tottenham I'm not sure about son is is uh, is 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 South Korea in the World Cup I'm not too sure but Tottenham are going to have literally all their front line in midfield gone um same with Arsenal um no they're, they're,
3: they're playing they're playing Uruguay South Korea playing Uruguay, oh, so, so, that, N- so that Nunes is, might even go.
1: Yeah, so Nunes and Son will be playing in the World yeah. Cup. So Tottenham, for instance, that, that's a big blow for Tottenham. They're, they're actually losing all their strikers. I, I'm not sure about... Kul- where, where's Kul- Kuluzewski from? He'd probably be the yeah, only one resting.
5: Sweden. Um, Sweden are Sweden, Sweden in it? Fight.
1: Are Sweden in it? No, no. Yeah, So he gets a rest. But th- this is how you've got to look at it now. You've got to actually look at, look at who's going away on international <laughs> duty. And who's staying behind? But even then, still, when you have a little break from football, so for instance, you know, there's Salahs and your Harlands and your, you know, whoever's, it's getting that rhythm back when everyone's yeah. back,
3: you yeah. know. So like, put, Andy, put this alright right? Let's let's say for example, for example, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, and a couple other teams are fighting for for to stay up. Right, I'm just yeah. saying, for example, because and this is a disrespect to those clubs, but more often than not, the teams that go up are usually contenders to go down. Right, so I'm just basing that. Let's say um, those three teams are, are fighting for relegation. What happens if Mitrovic goes to Qatar? Does yeah. his ACL? Yeah, this guy scored
1: forty goals for Fulham
3: last season.
1: They're...
0: This is what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: they're you finished. Know? It's, yeah, that it's dangerous. Like it's man. season over. Like,
0: like, you're right. That could be the end of Fulham. That could be them.
1: I'm telling you now. Every manager now is already having nightmares. sweating, about- mate. They're sweating.
3: Yeah. Insurance premiums are going up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, insurance premiums are going up because, they- and, and this is the thing like, obviously we knew that this was going to happen anyway. It's not as if like you yeah. know the the World Cup wasn't going to. We didn't know it was just sprung up on us. Of course, we knew about it. And I'm sure the clubs, are, and maybe that's why Spurs have spent to bring in to, to strengthen their squad because yeah. they know that this this is going to happen.
1: Yeah. Because definitely. I'm seeing a lot of
3: activity. Don't, don't get me wrong; like there've been a lot of transfers this summer, a lot of transfers. Right, they haven't been massive, like in terms of the the money spent. But most clubs have brought in five or six players because they know that okay, we we need the stronger squad, obviously, to compete. But this World Cup is going to fucking kill us, man.
0: Yeah, you stockpiling for the World Cup? You've hit
1: two. You've hit two um, two big big subjects. You know, in this last ten fifteen minutes, the World Cup is obviously going to be a game changer this season and five subs is going to be a game changer as well. Um, like in terms of the bigger teams, you know, to, 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 to bring on the players that are going to have on the bench, you know, in, you literally change, you could literally change half your team. So it's going to be a, a massive, massive game changer. Obviously that's a, you know, that's obvious, but you know, it, it really is going to change the effect of a lot of games. A lot of well, think about how
3: it's gonna affect European football as well. The Champions League. Yeah. You know, obviously Paris Saint Germain have got Mbappe and Messi yeah. and Neymar and Fine Munich. They will probably they probably would have won the Bundesliga by by Christmas anyway, let's get it right.
1: It's um, it's mad, isn't it? <laughs>
3: yeah. Um Well, look, I, I don't know what else we need to discuss. I've got okay, I've got a couple quick things. What do you guys make of Barcelona at the moment? Because Mike mentioned them earlier. In the sense that they're selling everything at the moment. I mean, they're selling their image rights. They're selling their library. They're selling, they might as well sell their fucking trophy cabinet. You know, um, crazy a, the, the stadium. Being, I mean, this is just to, just to stay afloat. But they're bringing in players left, right, and centre. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able
1: to register them. It's, it's madness. Still, I don't get it, mate. I don't get it. I don't get how this blatant corruption in front of our eyes. Yeah. People just turning a blind eye. You know, they asked uh, one of the Sky Sports um, pundits the same question and their answer was, oh, well, they, they sold something for £21 billion or some? I don't know what it was. I can't remember. They, I think you, you might be right, the image rights or something like that. Well, that do not make sense. That does not make sense because... How can they be selling their image rights, or you know, and still exist as Barcelona? Do you understand what I'm saying? It, uh, I don't get what's going on, man. It's, it's, it's blatant corruption, man, in front of our eyes. You know, we're talking about they couldn't even register Lewandowski last week. Oh, well, they, they
3: couldn't. Re- they couldn't register the lad they got off Man City. What's what the his fuck name? is going on, man? How, can, how are people? Not seeing, yeah. how are people not seeing this, man? It's fucking well, so embarrassing. It, it, what what they were saying is that hang about they um ah uh, what's it called their salary their salary was like minus what's it their, sorry their wage bill was like minus one hundred and forty four million euros yeah which meant they had to sort that out before being able to bring in players because yeah. they're they're the only club with like a negative salary um so <laughs> what was it they 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 were allowed to use they were allowed to use a third of any money raised. So if they sold players, they could they could use a third of it, um, and I think they sold ten percent of their TV rights that's for it. the next twenty five years that's for two hundred million or two hundred yeah, million dollars, yeah. it was like one hundred seventy odd million. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that went in for the for the financial fair play and all that kind of shit, and then they saw, they could have sold more TV rights, um, but they still had like outstanding four hundred seventy million. Uh, for for so there's a whole heap of shit going on, mate. It's, again, it's it's
0: a joke. It's, it's, mm. it's a joke. It's, it's, I, I never understood the whole Messi thing last season. It didn't make sense to me last summer. They didn't. Messi was on a million euros a week, something like that, right? Uh, apparently, they didn't have the money to give him a new contract, and he would offer to take a pay cut. And yet, a few months down the line, they're signing Ferran Torres. For £52 million. Pounds, <laughs> which is a year's wages for leon Messi. <laughs> yeah. uh, plus a sign copy, he... which would have been Messi Messi's signing off. doesn't make sense. It's a joke. I don't think they, they let Messi go because they couldn't afford him. I think they let Messi go because La Porte didn't want the big ego player there anymore. I think they actually wanted the player out for the player to get out rather than for financial reasons. That's my opinion. And then... I just don't... Uh, where, where, where... They're throwing money everywhere, left, right and centre. Uh, the funniest with thing is... They can't the players.
1: Sorry to cut you short. The funniest thing is they can't afford the young's wages. Yeah. But yet they're still signing players. I mean... Yeah,
0: they was it, 21 million or something like that? It's one of them ones, isn't it? What the, what yeah. the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's,
1: it. mad. It's, it's mad. It's
0: mad because I, I know...
3: I know they've, they've asked like Goldman Sachs and all these other companies to, to defer their, so, sorry, to put their, what's it called? Cause they obviously owe them money. Uh, so the, the loans, they've asked them to put them on hold, but that was like back in January last year, 2021, yeah. not this year. Um, yeah. But, but this, this is the thing, right? There's, and I've just found it here. It says Laporte wants to sell 49% in Barcelona studios. They're licensing a merchandise. Uh, but the problem they have is the long-term TV rights because as I mentioned they sold 10% of, of a 25 year thing um, but apparently some company has offered up to 250 million euros to take 15% of their TV rights for the next 50 years um, so again right. they're, they're they're effectively it's like it's almost as if like you what you've got debts on your house so what you're gonna do you're gonna sell your furniture you're gonna sell your TV you're gonna sell. Your doors, you're gonna sell the lots. You're gonna sell <laughs> your radiators. You're gonna sell, you know, anything that you could possibly. do. Then it's like, oh, here's some bricks, right? Here's some, some, I don't know, some mud from the front garden. Here's some grass. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. Bit by bit, they're selling it. It's you know? mad, mate. It's Acid mad. stripping. That's what it is. But it's, yeah. it's almost as if they're selling everything, everything.
1: Yeah, it's mad. And don't I forget, don't forget
3: do. this is a this is a club who maybe only up until. 10, 15 years ago, did refuse to have a shirt sponsor. Mm. They yeah. refused. Remember, Barcelona refused to have a shirt sponsor. Yeah. And then and it was Qatar. UNICEF, wasn't it Qatar Airways? That, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it paid everyone went crazy.
5: UNICEF, bravo.
3: Yeah, they paid UNICEF. Yeah, they paid UNICEF. But
0: then they they not paid UNICEF. UNICEF. Nah.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's, just, it's
1: just another, another um, fine example of some of the corruption that goes on in in football but this time it's just blatantly in our faces i mean but
3: that's why that's what i was saying before about why they want a super league because when you create a super league you move away from uefa you move away from the premier league you move away from la liga all these and you are your own entity so they are uh, basically policing it all themselves yeah so all Mm. the decisions that are made are within themselves whereas now they have to go through various channels and various people and that kind of shit whereas now if it was a super league they say all right." Man United are playing Liverpool, Barcelona, Arsenal, uh, Paris Saint Germain, for example. All the United games at Old Trafford, or in America, or in Japan, are going to be on MUTV, yeah, because right? they're going to be at home. All yeah. the Liverpool games against these teams at Anfield or yeah. Stade de France or whatever is going to be on Liverpool TV. You can pay per view it. Yeah, That's how yeah. they're going
1: to do it. Of course, and obviously it they're going
3: to share the money, but it's and all it's gonna guaranteed, be
1: isn't it? It's guaranteed. Yes. Apparently, three hundred and fifty million a year per club. Yeah. I mean, you they'll buy whoever they want, they have nothing to answer to.
3: Yep. Um it, it just players be won't be going to World Cups.
1: Yeah, it'll be pathetic, mm. mate. It'll be pathetic. Um but I have to tend to agree with Christian before he left saying if this this does eventually happen. Uh, I yeah, can you. see I can see fans charging sorry, clubs charging fans say like a hundred pounds a year and you get a streaming season ticket. And you can watch every single game. Now, imagine Liverpool, Manchester United. Just just put that into terms. Liverpool, Manchester United. Globally the biggest clubs in the world. Outside of Barcelona and Real Madrid. What are we talking? 300 million fans? still Plus? Imagine three quarters of them. Because it's going to be three quarters of them. Paying 100 quid for a streaming season ticket. Mate, these clubs are going to be, they're going to be hitting the, 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 the you know, astronomical... Andy, astronomical. It, won't be a, it
0: won't be 100 quid a season. It'll be 100 quid a month. No, no,
1: they don't need to do that, John. They don't need to do that. It'll be 100 pound a season.
0: No, it'll be more a month. Be like I'm telling then, you, it, they, the Liverpool, it? Man,
1: Liverpool, Man United, Barca, Real Madrid, AC Milan, all these... He's even Arsenal now. Who are big? So, you don't need to charge more than hundred pounds a, a, a season for these. You're talking about millions and millions and millions of fans. Mm. Let me tell you game. something,
3: yeah. Let me tell you something, yeah. The pandemic was the perfect acid test for these clubs. Hundred percent, right? No one is turning up to stadiums, so let's see what we can what we can yes. do, yeah, in terms and of viewership. And let me, me let me bring you up something which is quite interesting, which is from the Premier League's website. Yeah, this isn't yeah. just from some some retard. Sorry, some idiot on on social media. I can't use that word anymore. Sorry, we're, um, we're not we're not back in 2012. My bad. <laughs> Here we go. The headline from the Premier League website: a record-breaking season. Yeah? yeah, right. That tells you. That tells you enough. Let's scroll down. Yeah, let's have a look. Blah Sky Sports showed the record 234 matches. 4.496 million for Liverpool versus Man United. People viewed that game. 3.386 yeah. for Liverpool Man City. This is just Sky Sports. Let's go to Amazon. Yeah? Yeah. An estimated audience of more than 3 million viewers watched Liverpool versus Spurs in December. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, look, 40% of the UK population
1: watched Premier League games. 40%! Yeah. That's right. So that's why they don't need to charge more than £100 still. Mm-hmm.
0: I you right, Maybe. Um, and the amount this of is money,
1: it's going to be astronomical, mate. It's going to hit the stratosphere, mate. Trust me. And that's what they want. Liverpool, do you remember a few years back still, we had this conversation on Shoot the Defence. We actually we actually brought the subject up. I think at a time it was Ian Eyre, who was a Liverpool fucking... And he started mentioning just back then about... Why do Bolton Wanderers get the same money as Liverpool when we're on the TV around the whole world? And it started from these little snippets and conversations started from back then. Yeah, why did Bolton get the same money as Liverpool or Man United and stuff like that? Why is it shared out when no one really watches Bolton Wanderers? And yeah, I think you might remember it still. We had the actual subject on it. Do you know what I mean? And, and this is where it's all started now. These clubs don't believe that the lower teams should be sharing the same money as as the Arsenals, the Liverpools, the United the City. Do you understand what I'm saying? This, this Super League thing is all about that. And I think we're going to be having a discussion, maybe not yet, but we're going to be having a discussion that this might be happening. In some sort of way, it might be happening.
0: The only thing is, though, what I might see as a positive, and this is just hypothetical scenario and very very probably unlikely but still with the super league you've got your super clubs your united your real madrids etc etc it becomes a different sport the the rest of the league your West Hams your Leicesters your Forests etc etc their fan base would increase because it will be more accessible. Now, as an Arsenal fan, am I going to fly to Miami to watch Arsenal play United? No. Am I going to fly to Sydney to watch Arsenal versus Barcelona? No. Am I going to go to Forest versus Birmingham? More likely.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but... If it's
3: affordable, if it's affordable... Now, don't get me wrong, right? I'm going to twist it a little bit here and I might upset a few people, right? But... Let's let's talk about the women, for example, right? England have just won the European Championships, great, fantastic. And I'm hearing, you know, more, more fans should go to WSL games. Fine. But when you're charging 6, 10, 15 quid a ticket, people are gonna be more inclined to go. But yeah. if you're gonna watch Nottingham Forest against West Ham in the Premier League while Man United and Liverpool are traipsing around the rest of the world, are people gonna show up if you're being charged fifty quid a ticket?
1: No, probably not. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, if you lower the prices, then people are gonna go. Play- They'd rather pay their e-season ticket and watch Liverpool, Man
0: United. Exactly. That's for them. But then maybe they'll reduce their prices to encourage people to come to the games. Because let's be honest, nothing beats the atmosphere of being at the stadium. Yeah, but I don't care about that, John. I still do. No, we do. With
1: with fans, we want to go to games and watch our teams. But I don't care about that. Uh, you know they they got through they got through the pandemic with yeah watching TV but that's and the stuff
0: super like that clubs. I'm talking about the the, 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 the non-super clubs are going to still encourage their fans to come and that's where it becomes two different sports and the ones left behind might benefit from it
3: yeah John you say that yeah but I'm, I'm going to take you back to the conversation we had weeks different? ago no no that's, that's, cool. that's cool that's fine it's, it's a debate but you know I'm going to take you back to the conversation you and I had when I was at your house a few weeks ago about Charna Flake when I had my job interview there mm. you know, for the marketing role right and um, the, the main focus for this season, for them, and it's in like the club's handbook. They send it all out to the season ticket holders. Their idea was uh, fill the valley. Yeah, 27,000 27, seat at a stadium. They wanted to get more fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me, how would you do, go about it? And I was giving them ideas, getting more of a community buzz. Obviously, they, they'd spent over like 5 million quid on, on helping out the community and doing things and spreading the word. But I was giving them more ideas on what they could do, right? But that was their, that's their remit this season. Sell season tickets, sell more tickets, general sale, whatever. Get as many people as you can because it's a 27,000-seat stadium and they're in League One, right? I thought, fine, fair enough. That's a great idea. Brilliant. Go for it. But the fact is, you look on the first day of the season; that that stadium is still empty. It's mm-hmm. still a third full, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you charge six pound a ticket, give schools tickets. You know, no, again, no disrespect to the women's game, right? But a lot of these tickets that were that were being sold for the tournament, they were they were quite cheap, right? They were affordable. I think right? they were 10 a lot of, yeah. But a lot of the tickets were going to schools as well, right? Yeah. Now, are clubs going to do that these days, right? No, and I'll tell you why. Because they're losing money from it. In exactly. fact, having spoken to a few people that are club officials at low elite clubs, they were telling me these clubs were quite happy during the pandemic that games were being played without fans because they don't have to pay for police, they don't have to pay it's, for stewards. They, they, exactly. they're, they're working at a loss. Exactly, they're working exactly. at a loss. So unless you're, you're you're charging people fifty quid for a season ticket, which Arsenal Women are doing, eighty quid I think last season was their highest you're not going to get asses in seats. No. But the fact is, it's, it's about bottom line, isn't it? Because yeah. you want fans to turn up to the stadium. You don't want to just give them the experience. You want them to go to the, the merchandise shop. You want them to buy programmes. You want them to, to buy you know, beers and coffees and that kind of shit. But when yeah. you're charging a kid 10 quid for a fucking hot dog, it's
2: not
1: feasible, man. No. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why a do lot mean? of the... You're, you're bang on still, like, in terms of, you know, what they want fans to do now. A lot of, like, Liverpool, for instance, when I go to Anfield this new nft thing that we've got to use on our phones. Oh,
3: nfts wolf yeah wolf. we
1: we've got to use yeah. that in a stadium but what's happening is because because everyone needs to get to the ground early so to avoid the cues of the electronic stuff and everything people are now not drinking in the pubs around around the um around oh, around thinking. the ground so mm. where are they drinking they're drinking in the stadium because they're having to go in early on the concourses, they're they're quite early. Whereas before, you remember back in the day, still, if you was at Old Trafford or if I went to Anfield or John, you went to, you'd have a drink in the in the in the pub before you went to the stadium. You'd literally walk through the turnstiles, what ten minutes before kick off. Do you know what I mean? Now fans are having to get to the ground an hour and a half early. So, that, so me and I took my daughter last year. Still, all right, I got to the ground. Uh, it was a three o'clock kickoff. We played Crystal Palace, three o'clock kickoff. I had to get, I was told on my ticket, I had to get the turnstiles at 1 30. Yeah, to avoid. We just about made the You'll Never Walk Alone, anthem. From 1 30.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get a text or an email every um, every week. What I'm saying is, is, around. they
1: are putting people in the stadiums to spend money on their beers in the ground rather than outside. You know what I mean? Andy, so, there's,
3: a com- there's a comment here from Mary, yeah? She paid um, 10 quid adults and £5 pound for Denmark versus Spain. 43 people went. This is for the, the women's game, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant, right? But see, what I need to know is if, for example, there is a Super League and it's created, would the likes of Charlton and Barnett, because Barnett was mentioned earlier, here you go, Barnet, go watch them instead. Um, you know, would would more people show up to to watch their teams play if, if it was you know five quid, ten quid? You'd you'd hope so. Yeah, you'd think so. But again, what is the fan getting out of it? I think that's what, what we're what we're asking. What are we getting out of it? Because yeah, it's all well and good paying 10 quid, five quid, but it's actually could be more than that because you're paying for travel, you're paying for you know p- parking if you if you're if you're parking somewhere. You're paying for this and that. If you've got kids, Ooh. you're buying And that's what the clubs want you to do. That's yeah. what they want you to do. That's why the likes of United and Liverpool and Arsenal are so good at it, right? And Spurs now. Yeah, they've spent millions of pounds on this new stadium, but you're going inside and you're paying 15 quid for a fucking pint or two pints yeah. or
1: whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're paying a for this, down.
3: you're paying for that. You're paying for oxygen. You're paying what what is this? Yeah,
1: it's exactly what do I mean. And it's the same, it's the same with Liverpool, like the new main stand. It's beautiful, man. You go in there, you get your beer, there's food, there's restaurants, there's all of that stuff. That's where they want you to be. They want you to be there. Spending yeah. your money, your earned money in their restaurants and their, you know, their drinks and stuff. Um, and you got a feel, you got to feel for the people on the outskirts of, of the stadiums where all the fans used to go there and have a drink in their pubs or do you understand what I mean? It's just the whole thing is just built up for one thing, mate. That's dope. Big big money. Um, that's why I think eventually something happens with the Super League um, because these guys just get greedier and greedier all the time. Yeah.
3: Guys, right, so I've put a link in the Facebook because uh, this is live on Facebook, by the way, just to let everyone know. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to join on join, uh, uh, start again. If anyone wants to join or jump on. That's the link. Just click on it or copy and paste it in your browser and you'll be joining us. I mean, we've gone on for two hours now, man. Jesus, it's 10 o'clock. See, so yeah. it's a good job we started at 8 o'clock, do you know what I mean? Otherwise, if we were starting at 9 o'clock, we'd have been fucked. But this is, this is a great comment from Rick, yeah? Apple will have a big say in club season tickets. They've bought rights to MLS for 10 years. Fucking hell. And I believe this is to get the production right. Augmented reality, spatial audio will be the future to get as close as possible to what being... Yeah, do you know what? And hats off to the Americans, yeah? Because we can criticise them all they want for how cheesy their, their supporter songs are and that kind of stuff. They know how to do things. They know yeah, how to ma- do things. And I'll tell you what, if the Chinese took it as serious as MLS do, their Super League we would have been talking about that now because remember all those players that went to fucking China?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, no, they know what they're doing, mate. man. They know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. It's, it's all about... It's all about earning more and more and more money. Um, that's what football's become. That's why you know when you guys spoke earlier about your disconnection with with football. You know, if 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 like with Man United for instance, yeah, they've they've, they've not been doing too well as as a team. So that disconnection that you had is even further down the line because the team. Well, hey, do you know well. for
3: me? It's never been about the results, the disconnect. But you know the, the, what I mean,
1: innit, though, still? Yeah, no, 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 I, I agree. But for me,
3: yeah. it's the way that fans are being treated and lied yeah. to as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah but light. at the same
0: time, still, I, I don't know, do you still have your season ticket? No, no. Okay, What was the last time you went to a game? Well, no, I, I, I still go. I still go yeah.
1: regularly, but I don't okay. have but the season ticket,
0: yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. There's no better feeling than when it is... Not pissing down with Rainbow, but there's a bit of a drizzle in the air. You got that little ex- electricity in the air, with the game build-up. Hmm. You're walking towards the stadium. It's cold. You're wrapped up in a jacket. Maybe you got a beanie on. You got a scarf on. <laughs> You're gonna go and have a little sing-song. You know, is there a better uh, feeling than that? There's nothing. Johnny, let me let, funny. me
3: let me let me tell you something. Yeah, I went to the Cup Final in Cyprus in May. Yeah, that it was way, mad.
1: You sent me the video. Yeah.
3: Yeah, this is uh, th- you're in a stadium with only what twelve thousand people, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you but what, you, you, could, you could you could stand, you could smoke, you could swear, yeah. <laughs> you could have yeah. fireworks, you could have yeah. f- uh, smoke bombs, right? Yeah. That you is the football. one hundred percent, and I tell you yeah. what, I haven't I haven't had goosebumps like that since when uh, I went to Moscow in two thousand eight.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Still, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying to you. Like when your team, like like you 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 fall in love with your monia again and stuff like that, and the team's doing really well and stuff. And with with Man United, they're going through a little bit of I'm not, a, not you know, last phase. season,
3: mate. We finished hey. seventh last season. We finished seventh last season. I say we yeah, but really you know,
1: well. yeah, but you know what? You know what I mean. You've been you're enjoying yeah, it again. It's giving you life again and stuff like that. Like when you used to go to United all the time. the 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 problem is, is that the disconnection of football is happening. It's happening more and more now for, for I think for the more of the older older generation rather than the younger generation. But that that younger that younger generation in the next ten odd years, I think football's gonna change so much, man, in how you support the club. Yeah.
3: You know? Andy, 100 it, I'm man. I'm I'm glad you mentioned ten years, because obviously this is our this is our 10 year show, right? And I'll tell you what, yeah, the one regret I have doing this pod is because I've learned a lot about the ins and outs of the game, meeting various people who have yeah. been involved in the game, who are still involved in the game. Because the things that I've seen, the things I've heard, I mean, I work for a, for a football agency as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that even now I'm, I'm seeing. And Jesus Christ, mate, honestly, when you're finding out about players who have got two or three agents, one of them is a mafia boss, <laughs> you know, you, you hear and you see it all. And this is why a lot of the time I envy people such as yourself and John who you love the game, you you, you don't see the ins and outs. Okay, you've got social media that obviously, yeah. ex- you know, um, what's the word?
0: It's like I've it's like bought the burger but I never have to butcher it.
3: Yeah, this, this is it, you know. And this is the one thing because I've lost that love for the game as a fan. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is, you know. And it's it's sad, but at the same time, I've chosen this path anyway, so I can't complain. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't be complaining about it. And I think that's another reason going back to Omonia, why I've got that love back because this is a club that, fair enough, it is all about money. Don't get it twisted. Every club is about yeah, everything is right. But there's there's that romanticism. Yeah, and I lost that with United. I lost that with United when Ferguson said, you know, if the Glazers take over, I'll leave. Well, he stayed and he took their yeah. money. Yeah, um, you know, I lost that romanticism when United signed Bebe for seven and a half million when he was playing <laughs> in the homeless World Cup a year earlier. I lost that romanticism when United sold Ronaldo and decided to replace him with Valencia, uh, Obertan, and Michael Owen. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, this I know. is
1: it. This is what I'm saying to you. You know, when when you when you're getting disconnected with the club as it is, and then when the, the team's in decline, it makes it even worse. You know, it makes you. Want to, want to distance yourself even more from, from the and, team. And
3: it's that with you. It's that with you in Liverpool, right? You know, you went so many years without winning a, a championship. Yeah. You didn't lose it. But I'll tell you what, when Hicks and Gillette were there, I remember how fucking oh. down to the ground you were.
1: I was a season to get older then. And, you know, that was hard. I, that I'm was sure hard. there were
3: times that you were thinking, fuck this for a life." What am I putting myself through?
1: That was hard. I, mean, I remember. I remember one game still. You probably remember. We lost to Blackpool at home. Charlie Adams scored the winner. And it was said before we got. I remember driving to the stadium and already knew, knowing that I was only going to watch 45 minutes of that game because the plan was the whole stadium was going to walk out at half time. And, you know, I did that for the love of the club. You Long know what drive I mean? To, 45 to, to, minutes. Get, to, to get these bastards out who were completely. I mean, if you remember what Hicks and Gillett's last act was to try and sell Melwood, I mean, you know that's just you know that's that's the history and the bloodline of Liverpool was Melwood football club, was Melwood training ground, and these guys were trying to sell it. You know that you know that that's that's the state we got ourselves into, um, and you know what, I what did see, you what did you think when the United fans stormed the pitch? Do you know what, what mate? Did you think do you know what mate? I thought. There's one thing, there's one thing which you know you might agree with me, you might not agree with me. There's one thing that United fans tend to do a lot. Like last year, for instance, when you bought them players, yeah, like Sancho, Ronaldo, and on all these guys, that talk sort of went away. But then when Man United are having a bit of a a null in results and stuff like that, the talk comes back again. And that's the Andy, only. That's the only. Criticism let me pull, I let
3: me pause you there. Literally, let me just pause you there. And I will tell you what, this is great because again, it reminds me of when we first started doing this pod. John, remember what we were saying? United were linked with Van Persie. And I'm saying, okay, I didn't believe it was going to happen. I said, well, isn't it funny how again, season ticket renewal date is about to hit?
1: Yeah.
3: Last year was Schneider. This year it's Van Persie. All right, the Van Persie thing did happen, but it's like what Andy says. These owners know exactly what they're doing. It happened with you lot, with Ozil, with Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. They, they bring in these big names to shut the people up. Like it pacifies them. It's like when a baby's crying. Give them the dummy. Yeah. It yeah. shuts them up. And after a while, Bang they on. get bored. They start spinning it out. That's the same thing. with, with and, and you know what? It happens with a lot of United fans. I'm not going to lie. I've seen it time and time again. Yeah. But again, you don't see that from the, the diehards. You get it from the social media like the clap chasers, you know? Yeah. But anyway, you're Perfect. right. Sorry, and Andy, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, on. no,
1: and sorry. that's that's the only criticism I have. I can totally understand if Man United fans were doing this week in, week out, get them fuckers out. Because you know what? That's exactly what Liverpool fans did. If you remember that era, the last six months of Hicks and Gillette, that was painful, mate. W- would literally go into the stadium and walking out after 25 minutes. I remember one game, we ended up winning it, I think, in the end. The whole cop stand walked out, Anfield. The whole cop stand walked out. And one thing about the, the Americans, they, they hate it when image the image gets damaged. And you know, people see that on on the TV. It's it's damaging to them. Um yeah. and, and I personally believe with Man United, if they're gonna get these these glaciers out, then it can't just be because the, the, the team ain't playing well, oh, let's do a protest. It's got to be all the time. Because when they signed Ronaldo and Sancho, still, I think I uh, mentioned it to a couple of my, you know, a couple of my cousins and Man United fans. I was like, you know, you know, we had a conversation about it. How can you just do a protest because your team's not doing well, but now you've signed Sancho and Ronaldo, everything's fucking hunky-dory again. It doesn't work like that with protests. And I'm not saying we're brilliant, because I never, ever want to see another protest at Liverpool again after what? We went through with with Hicks and Gillette. but that's how you've got to do it. He literally got abandoned games, walk out. Look, look. Even Liverpool done it to FSG. With Liverpool fans done it to FSG about three or four years ago when they they upped the season ticket. Yeah, to seventy. Uh, sorry, they upped the um the standard ticket to seventy seven pound. And did uh, you remember still Liverpool were two new up against Sunderland the whole stadium walked out on 77 minutes yep. and we threw the game 2-2. You yep. could have written it better. And the next day, they changed their stance. You've got to make these things happen all the time for these owners. Because otherwise, it's just going to be like what you said, Still, Give them a dummy in their mouth and they'll shut up again for a couple of months. Do you know what I mean? Well, this you know is, is it. I and, think, um, and I've
0: actually grown a respect for... Uh, the Arsenal owners, Kroenke, whereas before, still as you know, I was very vocal against uh, Stan Kroenke. I was part of the Black Scarf Membership who were uh, uh, vocally protesting against the ownership. But they have learned uh, how to run a football club. They've made mistakes. They've owned them. And they've moved forward, and they've learned from them, and they've corrected them. Um,
3: only because you lot have bullied them, fucking hell, man! You lot exactly. are relentless on social media. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: it's it. alright,
3: but do you know what? I've got no problem with
1: it.
0: I've got no problem
1: with it. And I be honest? got problem with it, John. The, problem, the, the ownership
0: now is not different to what it was four or five years ago.
1: Exactly. But the Cronkies have always spent
0: money at Arsenal. They spend minimum of hundred million a year. No, no, Arsenal. not only after only after Wenger left. Yeah, Which but one thing am saying is that West... it was down to
1: Yeah, but they still, they still went and bought Sanchez and paid him big money and stuff yeah. like that. The the owners have never shirked the way. The, the problem with Arsenal was who they were employing as their recruitment people and who they're in charge of football operations and and stuff like this. Arsenal spent a shitload of money, man. You'll be actually shocked that Arsenal were up there with Man City and Man United.
0: But the problem was, they said it's about like half a billion we've spent in the last maybe four or five years, three, four years, something like that. That's a lot. That's a lot post of money, vendor. man. Post that's a lot of money. A but it's the problem was, is, the problem is, is recruitment.
1: It's all about recruitment. Uh, you know, Man United have spent shitloads of money, but their recruitment's been wrong, which yeah. is why they're not pr- pr- producing on the yeah. pitch. You'd hope yeah, that half
0: they have the wrong hold of that. They have the wrong people between ownership. Yeah. And playing. Football like,
1: operations. Yeah. Football operations. the yeah,
0: be have in between. So yeah. the Glazers would probably be uh, much more uh, light and revered if they had somebody in between them that was doing their job properly. Like you said, well, like the recruitment.
5: You'd like to think like they, the they are
1: now. But, uh, Woodward's gone. Yeah. Woodward's gone now. Woodward was a clown. You yeah. know, you, you know. Woodward was
3: their guy, though, because he brought in all of these fucking merchandising yes, deals and yeah, all these, exactly. you know what I mean, with a, a pot noodle company in Japan and some yeah, wine company yeah. from Chile and yeah, yeah. You know, te- telecoms in Nigeria. like. And But let's let's not get it twisted. And again, I'm going to go back to something I said ages ago, right? When a lot of these clubs were kicking off about Newcastle getting taken over by the Saudis, right? Man United have been taking Saudi money since 2008 because Richard Arnold worked for Saudi Telecom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, what can you say about that? It's it's just football now, isn't it? You know, Newcastle. Let's be honest, Newcastle will be the new city in two, three, four years' time, won't they? It's going to be another. It's going to be another team competing for the title and Champions Leagues and stuff like that. You know, and this is where these other clubs, you know, want to get to in terms they're going to try every single way to earn the most money possible for their teams. You know, and it always comes down to to, to, to the money so you know like we said still in 10 years time when we're doing the 20th anniversary of Shoot the Defence we might very well be talking about a completely separate football league yeah
3: yeah very true we could be doing this in, in virtual reality 3D <laughs> in augmented reality I could give John a
1: butts on then
3: <laughs> he deserves it
0: fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell of Jesus Castle, of Newcastle yeah your predictions for them this season? Top eight. Hmm. Conservative.
1: They're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. But they will be. They're building slowly, slowly, Newcastle.
3: How many players have they got going to the World Cup? Hardly any. Nick Pope will probably be in the squad.
1: Yeah.
3: Trippier will be in the squad. And that's it. What about that that centre-back they got from from Leo? What's his name? Botman? Yeah.
1: Mate, They've got a nice little spine now, haven't they? Still, you, mm. you know, they've got Botman, who's who's a good little player. Yeah. I, I love uh um, Moss's face, uh, Bruno. Um, Marais. Marais. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what, what a coup he is. I, I mean, yeah. forget what you saw last year, that was just the beginning of that player. Mm. Um, and then they, you know, they, they want uh, Madi- Madison now, they, they're trying to throw money at Madison and stuff like that. And they've still got St. Maxim, who's who's a you know, is a maverick. Um, Listen, this is the beginning of Newcastle. This is what um, City done. You know, yeah. when when their owners come in, they bought in Rubinho, who the poor bastard thought was signing for Man United and they turned up with a blue shirt. <laughs> Don't you remember, know? When no, Chelsea,
3: <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah. remember when Chelsea was selling shirts. Remember when Chelsea was...
1: <laughs> Jesus you know, Christ. <laughs> you know, this is the start for Newcastle and unfortunately for, for teams like Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal... It's just another powerhouse
5: yeah. that they've got to
1: contend with. Do yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? So,
0: so no. who's your prediction first to get sacked?
3: Oh, come on. Come on. I'm going to throw, throw
0: this out there. Don't Teddy say Conte. Had we're had
3: we're had. deadpooling people already. Fucking hell, man. Uh... Eddie, I was gonna say Dude, Eddie this Howell. is
1: why we need virtual reality
0: to give him a piss on one. I I tell
1: you
0: why I'm saying Eddie Howe because Newcastle are going to spend a little bit of money. And They're going to want results. And nah, man. Gonna be, they're going to be patient with this. They love he's Eddie Howe. They'll, they'll be, be patient to a certain extent, yes. But if he's not producing, if they're not, bro, he's got context, he's got credit in the, the bank for keeping them up, man. man. They didn't yeah.
3: win a game for like the first they, three months. He's got listen, credit. In the Eddie
1: Howe. Eddie Howe will be at Newcastle at least this season the
0: whole season.
1: Who's, who's going to go down? Uh, well, I, I, which question do you want me to answer first? The, the
3: sack one or the... Go on, answer the one. sack one and who's going to go down. Uh, I, I'm going for Marcus Silver, man.
1: Ha! Uh, I four. knew you were going to say I'm going for him.
3: Every time. Every <laughs> time.
1: Every I'm um, down, <laughs> I'm going for a the. Uh, and it's not
0: that's full of sack their manager, is it?
1: <laughs> I think the first. What about Brendan? Do you, think, do you
3: think Brendan's under? under uh, I under think he's under pressure. pressure, actually. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I think the first sacking of the season is going to be Ralph from Southampton. Oh, Hassenhull, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Have they had okay, any movements in the transfer market I Haven't we Been watching them. They've hardly done anything. Nor of Leicester, for that matter, which was a good shout to bring up Brendan. Schmeichel's gone. Schmeichel left today. Who?
3: Schmeichel. Yeah, yeah that, that was a weird league.
0: one, wasn't it? Schmeichel, and Mies. Yeah. Well, I think they said... He can play for most Premier League teams. Why has he gone to Nice? How old is he
1: now, Schmeichel? 31, 32? Still wow. young for a keeper, isn't he? I think he is.
5: Nice.
3: Let me, let me double-check, yeah. man. Let me, me double-check. It looks like he's been around forever.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, he's thirty-five. Oh,
5: there
1: oh, you is. Go. He's yeah. thirty-five. Oh, Fucking hell! Yeah, so he's okay. you know that's probably a decent move for him. To be fair, um, but Leicester... less Brendan might be a good shout. You know, Brendan might be a good shout in terms of would, yeah, struggling. but Bre- Bre-
3: Brendan loves himself, so he'll walk before he's sacked. Yeah, he'll probably walk.
1: Uh, but I, I, I think Ralph goes first from Southampton. He's been on the periphery for the last couple of years. And he's managed to always pull it out of the bag, hasn't he? (laughs) Um, But Marco Silva, you know, I mean, Liverpool played him first game of the season on on Saturday morning. You know, Marco Silva, he definitely could could be one that could go. Well, well, Southampton are playing Spurs. It's it's such a hard question, John, because the season ain't even fucking started yet. I mean, if Arsenal lose the first game to Palace. On fucking Friday night, are you gonna tell me that fucking Arteta out ain't gonna be trending somewhere along well, the line? Somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> that's what they <laughs> will. I'm sure they will. probably.
4: But it's what out. I'm saying. It's,
1: it's such a fickle game, isn't it? You yeah, know, it is. It is. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, 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 it's it's a tough question. Or maybe we'll do a mid-season show, and uh, and and discuss who's gone and or who's who's about to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lovely. I'm hoping Forest will stay up at least anyway. I, I think they yeah, they, prob- probably, will. they, they probably will. They probably will. Dean but Henry's then again, in...
3: you, you know who, who their owner is, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But he's so... putting money down.
0: He's spending money. He's letting yeah, and look at his team money. in Greece now.
1: Look at Olympia goes. They're fucked. Yeah. They're yeah. fucked. You know, your... They bought some good players, though, Forest. Lingard some... and. They've
0: bought Henderson, young, Henderson they, got,
1: um, they got Lingard, they got Henderson, they bought Neko Williams, who's a good player. Yeah, um, from Germany, I, say. yeah they, I
0: think I think
1: oh, not I think Forrest will do alright, you know. I think Forrest will do alright. They've um, got a very
0: good young young player, um, uh, Brendan Johnson. He, oh
1: he's a really good player.
0: Very good player, very, very good player. Is and he related, like related to
3: someone, well, someone isn't he Stel? He's a, he's a, what's his name? The other Johnson, who played for forest. I think was it Bradley son, Johnson? No,
1: what was his no, name? No,
3: no, um, ah, I uh, forget his name. It was, I think it was at Ipswich at one point. From yeah, he was striker, wasn't he? Yeah, hang on, uh, his name is Brennan Johnson. Let's have a look. Let me Google
1: it. Fucking hell, man, Jesus. Yeah, I remember, I know he's, I know he's, I think it might even be his dad or his, his uncle's. Uh,
3: yes, David Johnson. He was at That's Ipswich it? on Forest, That's David right.
1: Johnson. What's the man united that? as
3: well? Yeah, David Johnson was in the United Academy.
1: Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, well, Brennan, Brendan Johnson, he's gonna be sought after that kid. He's yeah. he's a professional. Sack,
3: sack Ian Rubin from Facebook and Insta. Now that that is that Alex Green? That's yeah, gotta bro, be Alex Green. That's gotta be is. Alex Green. Of course it is. Is it I beg, is it is that Alex Green? Come on, I need to see who's doing this, man. I need to see who's doing this. Unless that's Andy. I'm not with sure. me. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Andy, United fan, Andy. Oh, oh. Who is this? I need to see who's this. <laughs> Fucking hell. So. Leave, leave Ian alone, man. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> yeah, it's Andy. It's, it's Andy, United fan, Andy. Well, that's what some Pre-World Cup show and January show from Mary. Mm. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do World Cup. We're going to do a World Cup show, man. We're going to do World Cup shows every day like we do normally. During the Euros, we did one every day. Yeah. During the World Cup, we did one every day. Oh fucking Jesus! During the pandemic, I did 86 shows in 87 days. Bloody like, hell! Yeah. I don't give a fuck, man. Honestly, I I went like a crackhead. Anyway, boys, we've done two hours and 20 minutes. Um, Fantastic! Live man. on Facebook. So if anyone wants to
1: tune in again, good old days. Facebook.
3: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We but did one shot four show. hours once there, right, Johnny. We did four hours once there. Right? We had about six cigarette <laughs>
1: breaks. I remember, we that I remember, I remember when we morning. used to. I remember we used to sit in your living room, still and I used to go home at like half one, two o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and and I'd, I'd be to-
3: I'd be sitting there editing till two o'clock in the
1: morning. Yeah, mate, honestly. And then it's and, and then have. the worst thing the worst thing about it well not the worst thing the good thing about it was I used to come home at like half one, two, raid the fridge, have a couple of slices <laughs> of ham. Some petty falou because I was, had the munchies, petty and then you? and then and then re-listened to the show again <laughs> in bed. <laughs>
3: oh Jesus! Oh man, those were the days. Those were the days. He's got for a quick cigarette. Like, yeah. John, let's let's go for a break. Yeah, for a fucking cigarette. And like, shit, what are we going to talk about? Because he kept on talking when we were fucking outside having a smoke. Oh, we yeah. and
1: everything. <laughs> I remember a couple of good, really good shows when you had the uh, boxing boys on. The oh, Evangelion yeah. brothers and that was that was a really good show. Um, yeah, but you know the,
3: the language that we were using, I think Andres was hiding himself the whole time. I was like fucking, hell, why have I love a this show. All, <laughs> boys, all profanity and everything, man.
0: Yeah, that was funny. I,
3: I, when when uh, when he came on the pod and we did the interview with him and he destroyed Neil Warnock, yeah. that cracked and me and up.
0: Jamie O'Hara as well, didn't he? He, he destroyed Jamie
3: O'Hara. O'Hara yeah, oh, Rowan Ricketts was getting, was going in on, on David Pleat. Do you still um, speak? With, do you still speak with Nighty? He was going to jump on. He was going to jump on, but something came up. But he's uh, he's going to come on. See, we, that's what I said. We need to do these more often, man, because he need to go back man. to our roots. Go back to our roots and, he, and uh, he, uh, he uh, was our mates.
0: Stuffy
3: tonight as well. So yeah, Stuffy couldn't make it. Unfortunately, I think he's he's a little bit under the weather. But um, we're going to get the band back together. I'm telling you, we're going to do these <laughs> more frequently. Do them Brilliant. more often because I, I think. It, we miss those days. And obviously, with the joys of technology now, we don't need to be anywhere. We don't have to worry about Andy getting home at two in the morning and eating <laughs> Petty Filou and all that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing. When you've got the munchies, man, anything tastes good at that time, innit? Uh,
3: yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Fucking hell. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, we had some incredible shows, man. I'll never forget the time when we um, were doing our predictions. And uh, you said that, Andy, you said... Uh, Arsenal, Liverpool would be Arsenal 2-0 and John goes, yeah. oh, you're going to score two past Murta, Saka and Cajoni and Liverpool won the game 5-0. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we scored four in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh mate. There's yeah. so much fucking shit, man. We, uh, John, <clears throat> the only days when we were playing, um, when ah, when when KSI did that thing with Van Persie. Yeah. Van Persie joined United because and I'll he be. went shape shit on because fucking... He's a good player, mate. Fucking hell. He's a good player. Because surely, Podolski is a good player, mate. And he goes, um, to score more goals than you at the Euros, bruv. I'm deleting him. And then look what's happened to KSI. Fucking yeah. absolutely brilliant. I'll yeah. tell you what, I've got to tip my hat off to that guy because yeah. you know what? For a lad that was just doing FIFA videos to go from that to a multi, multi-millionaire doing rap videos.
1: So to... I've been I've been to his house. You mean what? Well, when I, oh yeah, because you used
3: to work with uh, Yanni, isn't it?
1: Yeah, when I worked at we have done his cars, didn't we? That's right, yeah. And uh, I went to his house, man, and he's just an absolute nut job. Mm-hmm. Um So funny. Like, he's a real funny guy. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I, when I used to work at Yannemise, we used to get, like, all the footballers come down and, you know, there'd be a few people outside and I remember one, I, I never knew who KSI was, obviously, before. You know, I knew he was, you know, a YouTuber and stuff, but I didn't know how big he was. And I remember he put, he put on his uh, Instagram page that he was coming down to the animizer, and mate. There was at Six. least there was at least a thousand kids from all the schools around Enfield. Yeah, um, and I was thinking, Jesus, like, who is this guy, man? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, what does he do, man? What does he do? And then obviously got to know him through working through working there, and yeah, I, I went to his house to pick up his car and uh, he was a funny character funny character yeah, yeah but well, good luck to
3: him, man good with luck him to him
1: as well with him as well is he when he did make it big he helped his friends out he set yeah. up his friends uh, a company I think called Sidemen.
3: Sidemen yeah.
1: yeah yeah he he set that up for his friends so yeah. Yeah,
3: they've they've got they've got their own um, takeaway restaurant now they've got he's got his yeah, own um, he, he's got his own energy drink now that he's yeah. done with Logan Paul and he's got a sponsor with Arsenal. Yeah, I mean that's just that's that's elite, fair, man. That
1: fair elite. play to him, man. Fair yeah, play to him. 100%. And to he's look funny after, as fuck. And, as well. and to look after his friends as well. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, no, all good. Yeah. Some funny characters on, on these on this show that we've had. Yeah. Um well look
3: should, b- before we before we finish it, before we finish it, because we've done close to two and a half hours, boys. Um, yeah. have you got one specific moment that you you remember most about this pod?
0: Since John you doing
1: you, it. you go first, John.
0: And these uh, uh Nelson Mandela by Luther King big up. Do you know what? <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that, man. <laughs> and also also I'm gonna throw this in there, the barrier Gomez, song. where you found that in the first place. I love that
3: song. <laughs> do, do you know what, bro? Do you know what? You are a fucking mind reader. Yeah, you're a fucking mind reader because I was gonna get that up on the screen. Hang about. Let's see if I can get it on the screen and get the sound up as well, man. <laughs> that's not. That's not the one. Hang about.
0: Ah, one minute. I tell you why I like the Andy one so much. Because... Can you hear it? Yeah. I think you're I'm going the i could going the volume down. Mario <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> great song great unbelievable song. But um, unbelievable why, why, the reason why i picked the only thing is not so much because of obviously the, the mistake but because before the show he still was getting a little bit he was a bit anxious we, we need to mix it up a little bit we've got to change something we've got to do something because we're not getting our views and want to do something different and then you came out with this blinder idea the show just erupted and, and you know what, was what you know what's
1: mad about this? I still get the fuckers mixed up again. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I always remember that show, man. And you know what was funny? For, like, I didn't know what you looked were laughing at. I didn't know what you looked laughing at. And then after I said his name for the sixth time, I think it was, then I clocked.
0: No, it was, it was it one, was, one it, more moment as well. When Stuffy said... Uh, I think he was his first rider he said, he said he'd rather finish eighth than fifth. <laughs> I, I still don't understand that one. <laughs> oh, there's well,
3: a hand here. There's a hand.
0: There's a hand.
3: <laughs> Good little shit. She couldn't yeah. sleep. She came, came downstairs and she was playing with her iPad <laughs> half 10 at night and she's still on the fucking couch.
1: It's holiday, man. It's holiday. There's a
3: bungalow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's
1: been there's been some some great moments some funny moments
3: um I, I think I think when we're doing guess who and uh, uh Polari was talking about was it Ali dia and he listed the names of the clubs that he played for He goes the Rochelle San Quentin that's a
1: jail isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what was the get the, the one the one um that I always used to bring an I think every game we played, Antonio sticker Nunez. book swaps. Yeah, sticker book swaps. I think Antonio no, that Nunez was the one. We, was had the one.
3: We, had to, we had to pick a player. Yeah, like that, an obscure player. Yeah, and you went there, yeah. and every player that you listed was a signing from fucking uh, Roy Hodgson.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was always Antonio Nunes, that dud that well, we well, Anyway,
3: which player was it that you sold to Real Madrid and you, that you got a couple of players in, in exchange? Antonio that, Nunes. No, but which player left? Was it Michael Owen, Owen, that left? Michael. Yeah. Owen. Because I remember I'm, you talking about it, it was Nunes you were talking about, and Stuffy Stathicazo, oh, they saw you coming. <laughs> and you got more yeah, than yeah. once. <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jesus. man, he, we had some funny times, boys. Some funny times. Yeah. They're going to continue, man. They're going to continue, I'm telling you. We'll probably do this for another
3: 10 years, but yeah, anyway. A
1: couple a couple of times when Stel was away and I had to go to John's flat <laughs> and it used to take us about 45 minutes to start the show and Stel would be messaging us, what the fuck are you lot doing, man? <laughs> what the fuck's going, what's going on? And get John, work. John would be panicking, man. He'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs>
3: Andy, I, I remember once when, when Tim used to do the shows with us, he's yeah. flying at the moment, yeah. so he can't jump on, but <laughs> I remember once I was away with work, I was in Leicester, right, <laughs> and within this pod, and I'm, I'm rummaging through the drawers, and I find this Bible, <laughs> and Tim's like, what the fuck, what hotel are you in I was like, it's a Premier Inn, why is there a fucking Bible in here? <laughs> because so Leicester's famous for having Bibles at Premier Inns, and for their cheese, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant Jesus, Honestly, the, the stupidness we got up to as well But anyway, we've gone on for too long, man Boys, thank you very much, it's been special It's been great, thank you for thank everyone you, watching bro. Thank you for everyone supporting us Everything you, um, Oh yes, yes Louis Costa and Chig Arsenal Spurs banner was great, Blessed him. And I tell you what, Chig God rest his soul, man um chic was always a supporter of this pod he was always there whenever we needed him we'd always chic come on the show he talked about the arsenal and when he passed away so suddenly i i fuck it, it hit me and it still hurts it still fucking hurts so god rest his soul and uh thank you for bringing him up because he was another big part of this pod and uh yeah i don't wanna, i don't want to end up end the show on a on a downer but yeah this this was yeah he, I don't know what else to say, man. You lot have been fucking brilliant. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone, man. It's been fucking brilliant. So let's go yeah, for man. next season, man. Fuck it.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Looking forward to a, a couple of messages to get us on the show still, mate.
3: 100%. Anytime, man. still. Anytime. We've got the WhatsApp group now. We've got the WhatsApp group. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There's
1: no two ways about it. All right.
3: So that's nice it, boys.
1: One, nice one, still. Thank you, everyone. So
3: until next time, Johnny, what
1: did we used to say?
0: Good night from me. The real JC, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> i the real. There you go, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> right, good, good night, out, Andy, and uh, good luck. Good night. Thank you, Andy. Out.